Hello and welcome to this episode 16 of the Northern Invasion podcast. Um, this evening we're a, we're, we're a car with three wheels. Um, <laughs> or something like that. Much a reliant robber. slicker. <laughs> so are you joined by myself, Stu West, um, by Scott Smith. Evening, gents. And by Nathan Watson. Hello. Um, so this is the, the week after Tempest and unfortunately... Uh, Liam can't make it. He's he's got he's got real life commitments. It seems that's that's what he says. Um, so we're we're going to talk through our uh, talk through our experiences of the day. Um, talk about the uh, the to uh, the to's thoughts there with Scott, um, Nathan, and my uh, my games. We're going to maybe run through uh, the podium placings or the top the top five or something like that, and maybe a couple of thoughts on the lists. And then uh, at the end of this. There'll be an interview with the winner um, when they talk us through their list, um, how the games went and what their thoughts are on everything. So um, basically, I'm going to hand over to yourself, Scott. You can be the stern mother hen. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, children. It's strange this because it's it's dry January, allegedly. Not not this age, isn't it? Well, to me. It's not dry here either. Well, well, I've not like for most of my adult life. Um, well, most of my drinking life, I've never drunk really in January, and then I extended it in my early twenties to until the end of March, and I used to like just go through this this quarter, if you like, without drinking, and then suddenly it all became really popular, and I said to somebody a couple of weeks ago, uh, "Oh no, I'm not having a drink this weekend," and they said, "Oh, are you doing the dry January?" and I was like, "Uh." No, <laughs> it's just, and now I feel like I'm on some kind of a bandwagon, so I'm rebelling a bit. So I went away to Tempest, didn't I? And uh, and I said, uh, it only counts when I'm on Orkney. So I had a couple of pints while I was away, and then now the wife and uh, and the little and her are off to a, a tournament south for for her. she goes climbing. So I've decided that when they're not on Orkney, I'm also going to drink. So I've, uh... <laughs> Very specifically, have, have right, when it's you're not on Orkney as well. Yeah, when I'm not near the wife. No, I, and I realised that it was Burns night as well, so I've got a bottle of whiskey, and <laughs> because I didn't do my duty and get through all my alcohol over Christmas, I've got a bottle of wine as well. So I've only just started, but I may deteriorate as my talking through the games right. goes on. Dry is just a very relative term, then, isn't it? Really, so. So there you go. Sorry flexible, about that. Flexible term. So, are we sitting comfortably? <laughs> <laughs> then I'll begin. Okay, so Tempest was last Saturday. For those who haven't been paying attention to me spamming social media for the last, I don't know, three four months. Um, so we had forty players. We had no last minute drops, which was excellent. That kept it nice and simple. Um, I had my spare player, Steve McCormick. He was playing for me anyway. Um, so had there been a, a dropout, then I'd have to have had a tap on the shoulder for him. But he, he had a nice free ticket, so that was fine. He knew the, he knew the rules. He knew the score. Uh, he had a beast claw at Raiders Army. And he did pretty well, actually. He was uh, just as an aside. He, he, uh, yeah, I think he had three wins in the end. So wasn't Steve. But anyway, back to Tempest. So uh, this was a two-day event, five games, and... Uh, we had uh, the pool system in operation, so this was the first time we'd tried this out. The idea being to kind of maximise the variety of lists, sorry, of missions being played, 
just to give as good a spirit as possible and not end up playing two games of for the hero missions or um, knife to the heart and uh, taking hold, for example, that sort of thing. So the pools were um, basically missions were eighteen missions were split into five pools, and uh, the idea was to roll for a pool, which uh, which pool it would be each game, and then roll within the pool for the mission, and then roll for the realm. Um, on top of that, and the Realmscape feature was was pre-selected by me. Um, we can talk about that at the end as well. I think there's a few maybe points around that as well. So the pools were quite simply: uh, pool one was Border War, Battle for the Pass, and Focal Points. Um, they're you know similar-ish missions. Uh, pool two: Escalation, Total Conquest, Scorched Earth, and Better Part of Valor. Uh, so you see, some have got three missions, some have got four. That's just because. You can't have them all the equal number. Uh, pool three, blood and glory, taking hold, knife to the heart, total commitment. Pool four, three places of power, duality of death, places of arcane power. So that's the three hero missions, and I've chucked orb in there as well because it's kind of a hero mission, yeah. albeit a little bit different. It, it, there's nothing similar to it, so it has to be the the black sheep somewhere. Um, and pool five. Uh, three nice sim- similar ones, Gift from the Heavens, Star Strike, and well, shifting objectives is, is kind of like those two. So that was the that was the idea. You know, we can debate that as well, maybe at the end. Um, again, there's a few thoughts on that. So, uh, and just to re- confirm again, all the realms were in play, including Realm of Beasts, Gur, but we turned off the monster monstrous beasts special rule, so there was no free beasts um, had uh, or were Gur to be ruled, which. Uh, Spoiler, of course, it was. It was uh, round one was pre-rolled uh, during the week building up to Tempest. Uh, so game one was going to be, uh, it, we rolled up pool three, and then we rolled up, well, when I say we, I mean my two-year-old daughter. She rolled for total commitment in the realm of beasts. So that was game one. And the realms keep featured in play there was Hungering Animus, which is the one that you can, uh, I think on a roll of six, you can cause... Some mortal wounds. Um, running the whole event on tabletop.to, which uh, it was very good, especially good for, if you haven't used it before, especially good for pairings and sort of managing that side of things. Um, I did drop into a spreadsheet as well for a little bit of scoring. Just my particular scoring recipe wasn't preset um, in tabletop.to. Uh, I have been in touch with a sort of admin guy, so looking to get a Scottish recipe set up, which maybe we can tweak depending if other TOs want to use it, or we can get, we can probably get two set up, or, you know, don't want to spam the guy too much, but that's certainly possible, I think. Um, so that's really it for the basics of it. Um, the, the scoring was based on uh, major wins were 30, minor wins were 15, a draw was 10, a minor win, minor loss, sorry, was 5, major loss was 0, so emphasis on the sort of major win. And the first time breaker was strength of schedule, which the software works out for you itself automatically. Um, and I was using net victory points as the second tiebreaker, and that was the part of it that wasn't in the in the tabletop.to recipe. So that's why I had basically to drop in the spreadsheet and sort of double check things that way as well. So that's Tempest. Um, we all turned up on Saturday. It was all fine. We had uh, the 20 tables set up the night before. Um, we had some extra terrain from Gary Marshall at Dark Fantastic Mills, uh, Dark Fantastic Mills, which was great. To, he he stays pretty local. He's always happy to help out, so that's fantastic. And yeah, then everybody arrived, and off we went. So 
Um, yeah, we've had a little bit of chat about our lists already, I think. Um, and if you haven't seen or listened to the Just Play podcast, just come out well, today's Friday, um, they do a nice um, hour and a half on the top eight um, players at Tempest from the final results. So certainly go and listen to that after you've listened to this and you'll hear some chat on that. But unfortunately, Stu, weren't, you weren't part of that uh, <laughs> results rundown. So spoiler alert. Like. <laughs> yeah, it was an arbitrary eighth that they went from. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, I'd, have, I'd have made it top twenty personally, but there you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe you guys run quickly through your lists and your sort of ideas behind it, what you're hoping to do with it quickly, and uh, and then basically we can crack onto your games, I guess. Okay. Well, um, I wouldn't have liked them to to go too in depth into my list. To be honest, <laughs> because um, maybe, maybe um, you, you, well, you'll hear it and you'll 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 realise what the issue might be. Is it like your new death? Is this new Silverdeath? Well, no, <laughs> no, no. It's not. It's not quite that extreme. But, um, no. Well, the thing was, I know the list I want, the list I'm going to work up to, but I started to build and paint these Silverdeath um, over the the Christmas holiday period. So I knew that I had three and a half weeks to paint an army um, and I had to work with uh, what I had and I didn't want to rush certain models um, because I wanted them to look good. So I was focusing on a certain list. So what I decided to do was to go for Dreadwood for my first one. Um, so because I had I had a few boxes of the Revenants. Um, now this is where I... I I generally do silly things and so what I did was I I decided to go for the dreadwood so as you know that's the basis of that is four lots of spike revenants four fives um to get the outcast battalion and then you take the dreadwood um so for 180 points combined you've then got a one drop list with two artifacts and you can fill up the rest of it with whatever you want um well so I painted up 60 dryads so I had two two thirties of dryads um, and the four spites, and I thought, well, I'd quite like a Durthu, so I painted a Durthu and a Branch Wraith and a, a Branch Witch, and then I quite liked the idea of of having Drycher with the Spite Revenants because it was, you know, it was a bit thematic, and then I had some more points, so I decided, well, you can have up to six units of Spite Revenants in a Dreadwood, so so I'll, I'll go and buy a few more boxes of those. So in the end, I ended up with... Um, the Spirit of Durthu as the general with Realm Walker and the Gaia Strike. I had a Branch Wraith with the Acorn and Regrowth, a Branch Witch with uh, the Circlet and Reaping. Um, I had Drycher with Regrowth, uh, two thirties of Dryads, and then I had six fives of Spite Revenants, um, and then the Geminids to make it around 2,000 points. Um, in retrospect, um, when everybody told me that the spite revenants were were poor, um, uh, maybe I should have just listened to them and accepted it at, at the word. Um, but no, I had to go and test it. But but there you go. So yeah. I, I I tested it, um, and I'd never played a game as well. I, I'm getting my excuses in earlier. I didn't finish painting the army until something like ten o'clock the night before, and I'd never had a game before I uh, I went up against the current northern master so do you want to talk us through your list nathan <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> so um 
I was quite happy with my master's list, but I wanted to make a couple of little changes, like add in the Achillean King instead of the Encanter Comet. And then that all got flung out the window when I got an Eidolon for Christmas. So <laughs> I got the I got the Eidolon, uh, built it as an Eidolon of the Storm, and put that into the list and took all the thralls out. So the list is Volturnus, High King of the Deep as the General, Tidecaster with Steed of Tides, the Teleport Spell, Aspect of the Storm with the Ethereal Amulet, two Soul Scryers and three units of six more Sargard, coming in at 1940 points and an extra command point. So uh, the way that it functions is you kind of just swarm the board really, really fast. Everything moves incredibly quick and then just hold on for turn three and try and take your opponent off and don't play turn four and five. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my motto. Yeah, that's, that, you need this army, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah, stuff. so, and a spoiler, it kind of went to game plan for you. I, I'm yeah. looking at my notes now, and um, yeah, we didn't go beyond turn three, did we? No. Because I don't think I had anything left after that, but um, it was a good learning curve for me. Um, I won't dwell on it too much. We did we did decide at the beginning, um, we spoke last time about you thinking about doing a battle reports website, and yes. so we, we took a few photographs but really, would anybody want to watch this as a battle? It wasn't so much a battle <laughs> as a slaughter, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it did end up uh, going that way, didn't it? It was... Okay, deep well, kill... four, was it? Yeah. I managed to kill two eels, didn't I? Yeah, one well, from actually, two different units. <laughs> yeah, one from each unit. It didn't go well. I mean, let's get this right. So, first of all, this is my first game. I don't really know how good stuff is. And so I, I decided to use my Dreadwood Deep Strike to move thirty dryads right up into, right up into uh, the moor, and decide right well, what I can do is I'll I'll take out these squishy looking characters, um, and and I isolated them away from the woods so they lost all the buffs and everything, and then uh, yeah it it kind of just went downhill from there didn't it. Well, we did string it back out, didn't we, once you got your charge move? We used some yeah. of our charge move to get them near the woods. I think Yeah. the game plan, I think, uh, we talked a little bit after it, what you would want to do is, because it was total commitment, we should probably say that, it was total commitment, so everything of mine was on the table. May have been a good idea to try and just hold me in place. Yeah. So I don't think you've played Deepkin before, have you? No, and the fa- I knew that you flew. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought, and I'll talk later on about when I did manage to effectively screen and box people in. Yeah, I, I knew that because you flew, you could just ignore that unit and, and just come at me with your, your slippery eels and get get where I didn't want you. Um, yeah. But to be honest, I just no, I just didn't know what the strengths of the units were at that point. And, and it soon, I didn't appreciate just how tanky Voltonus was either. He was like on a two-up re-roll. He was two up. I'm, in, I'm in cover turn one, so you just had a two-up save. But I think the way that the charge ended up working out, because you were trying not to pull the eels into combat, you were, you only got about, but even with their two-inch reach, I think you only got about ten of them attacking. Yeah, and then into a two-up save without any rend. I think he took two wins off of him, and that was the only wins he took all game. Yeah, um, and he's not bad in combat either. Like no, you had your four-up save, but he, he, if he rolls any sixes, he's rend five, <laughs> doing d three yeah. damage. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, he he was quite fun on the weekend, Volturnus. He definitely pulled his weight in most of the missions. He did a lot more than I was expecting him to do. 
um, yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely tankier than I thought. I mentioned last time as well. The only other time I've ever fought him, I had my uh, my Neff army, and um and, and I was at an Aegon and it was against Tony Moore and he had him, oh, and yeah. we were in combat and at the end Neff went first, did a little things, nicked him with a dagger, and then uh, rolled the six straight after and just killed him outright in off, the first yeah. round of combat. So. That was the only time I'd ever seen him, so I didn't really appreciate just how good he was. But yeah, yeah he was a he was a bit of a beast, and the Eidolon as well. And no, it was a really good army. It was fast, and it it kicked a lot of damage. I didn't appreciate things like um, those Mossar guard on the charge get rent two, and um, really I needed to. If it, in retrospect, I'd have probably charged into you so that you lost that um, yeah bonus. So I actually um, spoke to a few people over the weekend, a couple of tips and tricks to deal with them. So. Like, where I was situated, what I was expecting was if you charged the heroes and stayed more than three inches away from the eels, you would then be able to use your pile-in to move yeah. barely within three inches. And at that point, it's too late for me to do the bivoltic blast. Right. And I'm forced to retreat at that point because you're barely tagging the unit. Even with pylons, I'm maybe only going to get one or two of them into range. And they don't do a lot of damage unless they've charged. So you're basically forcing me to play for the double turn at that point, um, yeah. which is what I would have to do. Uh, I think I ended up winning the priority anyway, didn't I? So I would have been able to, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, you did in, in round two, you did, and three. Yeah. yeah. So I, what I would have wanted to retreat out of combat in my turn and then play for that double to get the charge bonus in order to do some damage. And that's kind of what you have to keep doing against uh, Deepkin. You want to just try and tag the units and hold them in place and force them to retreat while swarming the objectives, and they don't tend to have a lot of bodies, especially no. this version of the list I had. I only had 23 or 20, 23 bodies. Yeah. So that's uh, that's game plan 101 when you're playing Deepkin. Get on yeah. the objectives and keep tagging them into combat. Yeah, no, they're good tips, and I, I, I think that about um, make a charge into something nearby and leave your models just out with three so yeah. you can pile in is a, is a really solid one, and yeah, um, it was a uh, straight in and at the deep end. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, it was. It went three turns. You got priority two and three. Everything died. Um, I think I got well. I got seven seven victory points to your fourteen. But then I had no models left to contest. Yeah. And you'd basically taken every point. I think so. I think going into the onto the score sheet was a. Uh, yeah, maximum kill points, and I'd got zero. So there you go. Happy days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Is it> upwards. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. But to be honest, if it's, your, if it's your first game with a new army, you know you're always going to be blowing, not even the cobwebs off, but you're, you know, you still get your stabilizers on. You're learning well, the rules it. as you go yeah. until well, you get a battle. You know. I thought Dreadwood was a good one to learn with because there's less. Well, I, I thought there was less to know about. You know the. The deployment, the ambush stuff's pretty straightforward. You've got a limited number of war scrolls. You've not got additional sort of uh, battalion rules really to consider. But then you do, because it's really funny about the the way the spikes work. And I still, even by the end of the weekend, I don't think I got the best out of them. And I know that they're not great in themselves, but the way the battalion works where if you're within eight inches of two units of spites, and I think I played it wrong once or twice, if you're within eight inches of two units of spites, you're basically doing a Banshee-type attack, so you roll 2d6, um, and for every point above the unit's bravery, uh, they take mortal wounds. 
Now, the if you're within um, three inches of some terrain that's within eight inches of a unit of spikes, which you generally are if you're taking this test anyway, you're rolling two dice and picking the higher. If you're within three inches of spikes, you're minus one to your bravery. Um, there are other minuses, including things like Sinister and whatnot, and Dreicher's Spell, which does another minus two to bravery. So you can synergize these things, but it's a little bit fiddly. And um, positioning everything in the right place that are so squishy, they die so fast, Spikes. They've got a, a five-up save, um, one wound each. They've got a few attacks to kick out, like the, the f three attacks, fours and fours. Um, there's no rent there, though. I mean, realistically, they they cost him more than dryads, like model for model, um, and they're so so much poorer. I I really don't don't understand why the why they are they are they are. But um, you see, with the tree revenants, that ability to to reroll any di a dice in any phase, and also to teleport using the waypipes to a board edge, even if you're not within range of woods and things, is it's really strong, but Spikes just seems very lackluster. I'm hoping if they get a new book, they they get they get something else. I don't know what it'd be, but they need something, I think. I like think the it's demonette. because they're battle line. They can't yeah. really make them much cheaper. And the fact that against things like goblins, you have the potential to do 12 mortal wounds with that outcast formation. Yeah, yeah. Like, it could happen. <laughs> you roll that double six and you well, get the bravery debuffs. When I went up against the um, Gloom Spite army later on, they were doing horrendous damage. They did more damage through that than anything else I did. Yes. Yeah, um, it, it really came into its own against Grotz. Um, Even against yeah. my army, my bravery's stock six on the eels. Get yeah. a couple of debuffs in there, and you could be doing between sort of nine and six mortal wins to a unit of eels without them yeah. being able to get a proper save. I think I was running them more like chaff units uh, yeah. for blocking and things for just as an MSU type army rather than placing them for the battalion. I think really they need to lurk behind your lines yeah, definitely. and do things. Whereas I was using them more of a throwaway thing and I just think it was my, um, my ignorance of how they should be played. But then from listening to people and talking to people and reading them stuff, I don't think anybody really values them that highly. If anybody's getting good use out of them, let us know because I'd I'd love to know what what I'm doing wrong. Um, I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna be using the dreadwood normally. It was just the easiest way to get the sylvan f on the table. So, um, and now I've got thir thirty spite revenants, and they're gonna come in handy in the future, aren't they? Well, there's probably still some fun to be had with what people were doing with dreadwood last year. So that would be the minimum four units of five and then a big unit of six or nine scythes yeah and you you teleport those scythes six inches away and then move them and yeah. then if you've got something like a larial in your army and you roll the stratagem to let you move in the beginning of the the game you can get her right up close she casts throwing the vines on herself to get in range to do her spells and stuff as well like there's there's a lot of fun to be had with that version of the dreadwood yeah. Um, you need the damage output. You need something that can take advantage of the alpha strike and burst something down. Yeah, I only had Durthu. And, um, well, Durthu did well, to be fair, in some mm. units. But I think the unit of six... Well, I'm looking in front of me now, and there's a there's a tray there with um, the first three sides on it. And 
another 20 dryads. So I'm, I'm working. I'll build it. It'll evolve. Yeah. Uh, come come March, I think it'll be a, a totally different con, uh, prospect for people. So, yeah. Well, there you go. That's our game one. Splendid. So on to game two then, or round two. So this was rolled uh, as being uh, Gift from Heavens. Gift from the Heavens. So uh, that's interesting. It's, that's what first general handbook. And the Realm of Shaish. So that triggered the Realm's Keep feature which was the uh, plus one bravery one, what's that called? Eternal War. So yeah. everything plus one bravery. Um, so there we go. That's not too controversial, but maybe it was, I don't know. Or maybe folk forgot about it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and going into it, we'll start with you, Nathan, because I've come to you first. So you were, obviously you were on uh, a win, so you're up on table eight. You're playing uh, Kev Lowe and his wonderful Gavriel Surecharge list. Yep. I absolutely shat myself, <laughs> excuse the French, <laughs> when I saw that I was up against uh, Kev after lunch. I was like, oh well, that lasted long. I was joking with Stu, the, this is what happened the last time we played. We played round one and then he submarined up ahead of me. Um, and I was expecting the same thing to happen again. So he had uh, Encanter, Sureheart, Vexilar, three units of five Liberators, two units of 15 Evocators, and a, a Baldwin. <laughs> uh, coming at 1900 points and two extra command points um, it was a funny game it, in hindsight it was probably the best mission I could have hoped for against his list um, so he deploys his liberators on the table and then puts all the, the evocators and the sure heart and the vexler in the sky so he's able to dictate where he comes down nine inches away and get that bonus to the charge and just go in and the, the amount of damage that 50, 30 evocators can do is obscene. <laughs> uh, but having access to the two soul squares meant that I could also put two lots of stuff off the table, almost equal in strength and damage output to two units of 15 evocators. So um, I put the Eidolon of the Storm and Six Eels with one Soul Scryer and Volturnus and Six Eels with the other. <laughs> he made me go first. He won the deployment. So I only had like Six Eels on the table on one side of it, and then I had the Tidecaster in the middle uh, bunkering behind uh, uh, a ship and I did nothing with my first turn. Uh, I think I, I cast the minus one to hit spell on myself with the Tidecaster and just sat there, did nothing, uh, gave him the turn. He tried to cast the, the Baldwin, did nothing, rolled to see se- uh, turn two priority because the Comets don't come down to turn two. Uh, he won the priority again, made me go first. My Comet came down on the side I didn't have anything on, so I had to use uh, the Steed of Tides to teleport my Tidecaster over to that objective and then just waited for him again. Um, in fact, yeah. No, I, what I did is I ran forward my eels that were on the right-hand side of the, the table to start fighting his liberators that were on the same side so that if his objective fell down there, he would be forced to come onto the table and commit over on that side. Um, then in his turn two, I'd, I'd killed those five liberators on that side. And then in his turn two, the comet came down in the middle of the table um he scored that 
and didn't deal with those six eels that I had. He waited for me to bring more stuff onto the table. So in my turn three, I had to eventually commit, brought um, Volturnus and six eels on because that was the lowest point cost of what I had off the table. Uh, brought them on, dealt with his other liberators on the other side, and I was able to score both objectives. So he gave me that turn, basically knowing that I was going to score both objectives, but he wanted to force me to bring stuff onto the table because by the end of turn three, he needs to bring his whole army down. Um, so then in his turn three, he brought his army down and he didn't anticipate the amount of damage that I would have been able to do in high tide. So I'd, I didn't actually... I've mixed this up. I brought Volturnus on in turn two so that he was on the table in turn three in order to do the command ability. Because mm. if, I, if I don't bring him on in turn two, then I'm not getting any value out of that. And at that point, I didn't know what was going to happen with, uh, with priorities. And I stacked all of his command points into plus attacks. And he charged me in high tide. And even though I didn't have rend, Volturnus and six eels took probably between them about 10 or 12, 10 to 12 evocators off out of the 30 just before they were even attacked. Uh, which meant that when he did, uh, when it went into turn four and I had access to retreat and charge, I was actually able to take off almost his full army in turn four when I brought the Eidolon and the other six eels on. Um, the score was really tight. It was a really interesting game. It's hard to describe, but it was there was a lot of baiting each other and waiting to who's going to come on. And um, I think in hindsight, if he'd taken turn three and scored both objectives, it would have been a lot harder for me to to deal with. Um, but yeah, no, the way the way that it fell and the, the amount of damage that he took in high tide charging me was a lot more than I think both of us expected. It was crazy. So yeah, stacking command points for plus attacks is a bit stupid. <laughs> did the uh, you know the comets falling down? Did they fall nicely for anybody in particular, or was it um, you're so, you're both so flexible you don't really care? Well, mines didn't fall where I wanted it. Basically, I'd made a mistake. I I made a mistake in deployment. I I should have had my tidecaster between the middle and the left objective. If I'd failed to cast Steed of Tides. Or even if my if my wizard was within thirty inches of his encounter to auto unbind and he'd auto unbound that, I wouldn't have scored turn one or turn two when the comet came down because even with a movement I wouldn't have been able to get within range. And if I'd brought something onto the table wholly within six inches of a table edge, it wouldn't have been in range to score the objective either. So I had to it, it, it's cast on a five, but um if that hadn't gone off, that would have uh, that would have been probably the difference in the the points that was a mistake there that I, I got a bit of luck and was able to correct his objective fell quite nicely for him uh it, it would have been better for him if his had fallen on the same side as mine because i want to split him up mm -hmm. and because it fell in the middle i was still able to some degree to split him up but it basically meant that our game was played on a, a four by four instead of a, a six by four if he'd been able to play it on a two by two, it would have probably been game over for me. I wouldn't have been able to to pull him yeah. in the directions. I can make use of when when I'm on the table, I'm faster than him on the table. But um, no, it, it was a good game. It could have went either way. Uh, Kev's a lovely, 
uh, chap as well. It was good fun. Not like the prick I played in the first round, but um, <laughs> no, it was good. I like playing Kev. Good stuff. Good stuff. So a major win for yourself. So that's you on two. Two, yes. So far. Stu, you were game two uh, further down the, the, the tables. <laughs> uh, let me just, what number were you on? Oh, table 19. There we go. There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you were playing young James Marshall, James. son of yeah. Gary. Yeah, so I was against James um and his flesh eater court. So he had a uh, his delusion was the crusading army. Um he had a ghoul king as his general um with dark wizardry. Um he had a an abhorrent ghoul king on zombie dragon, uh another ghoul king. So he had three ghoul kings, uh one on zombie dragon. Uh, he had two uh, Crypt Gas Courtiers, a Crypt Haunter Courtier, uh, 20 Ghouls, 20 Ghouls, 10 Ghouls, 6 Horrors, an Abattoir, and some Quicksilver Swords. Um, <coughs> so I played um, James a few times before. Um, we seem to always get drawn against each other. And, uh, and so I, it's always fallen quite lucky for me, to be honest. And and we went into this one, and I, I'd, I'd seen that he could heal quite quickly, and I was a bit familiar with the Flesh Eaters because I've been uh, working on them myself recently. Um, but this one, I, I'd, I'd learned quite a bit about the army, I think, um, and I was a lot more comfortable in this one than I was against the Eels because I knew what I was against and what its strengths were. Um, so I used the... Um, the uh, Dreadwood this time to just push Dirthu right up into the face, um, put him six inches off, uh, uh, off the zombie dragon, which was quite isolated. I had explained that I could um, ambush in, um, but he was still quite isolated, and the strength of his force was on his right flank, um, and he had quite a weak left with the zombie dragon pretty much on its own in the middle. So I stuck Dirthu right up. Um, I, I put my woods in the middle and on the left. Um, and on turn one, Dirthu just went wild. He he did 27 wounds. So he did uh, three with the um, with the Verdant Blast. And then, yeah, unfortunately, four, um, four of the, uh, the, the Gaia Strike Swords went through to do 24. Mm, um, and Unwounded, yeah. Dirthu's a nasty, nasty. Frustrated. I know, and poor James, his his face um, <laughs> dropped as he said, "How much?" And then I had to show him the 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 war scroll, and yeah, jaws do drop when you see that that it's the flat six and twos and twos at Ren two. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty nasty at that flat six. So that was his his big piece, basically the the punch in his army gone straight away, um, and then. I felt really uh, sorry for for James because he'd um the way he'd built his list he'd he'd been working straight from the book and he'd not really read the FAQ or the update in the general's handbook so he was under the belief that he could grow his unit sizes so the way he'd kind of uh, geared up his army was that he'd swamped it with the courtiers and it kept pretty low numbers in his ghouls and whatnot because he fully expected that he could he could just keep swelling the numbers turn on turn um because if you read the um the abilities on the original war scrolls in the book it does read like that you can add them 
Um, but when you read the the FAQs, it's it's heal them and it's bring them back up to the starting number. I think it's just Ghoul Patrol. Um, yeah, can grow above its original size. So I think um, his game plan. He got a bit shook when I I pointed out the FAQs and whatnot, and um, I think it yeah put him it rocked him a little. And then um, Dreicher came into her own because he his big units of ghouls. She devastated with the squirmlings. Again, it's it's another one where you have to show somebody the war scroll when when she's embittered and unwounded. And you're doing uh, on a three plus a mortal wound rerolling once. It's it's a phenomenal amount of damage you can do if you get her up close. Um, and then I, yeah, I got a bit more familiar with teleporting in this one. I got a bit more comfortable, and it was a funny one. I got the priority, and then the second turn I was given priority, and in the third turn I was given priority, and then I won fourth and fifth. And by the end of it, um, it was a major victory, and it was um, 23 points to five. So um, he, he, he took a, a moral scalping by um, killing Dreicher. Dreicher had killed his two twenties of ghouls and he really just decided, right, I'm going to kill her and that's going to make me happy. So he <laughs> sent he sent the Crypt Horrors and um, the, the horror, Haunter Courtier. Just it, it made it their uh, their mission to, to kill Dreicher and fair play, he killed her. And then he just marched them to the opposite corner of the board and said, I'm leaving. <laughs> and off they went. Um, there was no way you could get to the other side. They'd fallen, mine had fallen in my center and I had 30 dryads on it and I had six units of spites in bubbles all around it. So there was no way he was going to bust through on any time. Any time. And then I had Durthu um, and the other unit of 30. Um, plus some summoned ones um, all swamped over onto his objective and wiped out everything on that side. So, yeah, it was quite one-sided. And I don't have a note here of what the kill points were, but, um, yeah, I think it was it was pretty comprehensive. You. I can tell you. Hold on a second. Aside from the Haunter and the, uh, the Horrors. Yeah, okay, so kill points, table 19. He had 350, you had 1,200. Yeah, so he, he'd got um, a unit of spites and Dreicher. Uh, one one of his ghoul kings, I, I said, look, if you want him points, because he was throwing them into my dryads and he was never going to get them. And I said, look, that ghoul king, it'll do well. Just put him into the spites if you want points, because it was the last turn. And so he, he, the ghoul king attacked the spites and yeah, he just wiped them out in a... in, in one flurry of attacks. And again, he, he was happy with that. So I think he's going to model... Uh, uh, Dreicher trophy on his crypt haunter, the guy that killed um, <laughs> the guy that killed her. So he's adding a bit of theme to it. So hopefully nice. he's gone away and and he's en- enjoyed it and got something out of it. He's a he's a good lad and and it's great to see him coming back. And it's just a shame that um he'd not absorbed that FAQ because it makes a massive difference to to the army. Yeah, we'd, we'd, I haven't seen much of him. I don't think I'd seen him since last Tempest, but maybe maybe he's been around. A few other events. I've not played him yet, um, but certainly Gary. We've not seen a lot of, you know, and they tend to come as a obviously as a family. So Gary was a bit AOS, AOS too rusty as well, I think. So <clears throat> he got caught up by a few things. But anyway, good to have him along. Yeah. So that's round two. Um, onwards to round three. So this was rolled up to be focal points. So that's from that pool. That's the new handbook 
mission from that pool, and we were in the realm of Shimon, which uh, triggered the realmscape feature. Uh, hold on, I've just clicked away. Shimon was the Rust Plague. That's right. So, Rust Plague is the one where if you're in, <clears throat> if you're in terrain, isn't it? If you're in, uh, if you're in a wildwood. No, if you're in a wildwood. If you're in cover. <laughs> If you're in yeah. my whole hero. army is in cover. That's right, here we go. I start your hero phase, roll a dice on a six plus, pick an enemy unit in cover. Subtract minus one from save rolls for that unit for the rest of the battle. So yeah, <laughs> potentially significant. I'm interested to hear if yeah. this got remembered in your games. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Liam wasn't gonna forget it, was he? Ah, of course. Oh, were you against so, Liam? Uh, yeah. So, so round three. <laughs> round three, that's right. So we'll start with you, Nathan. You were on table. Uh, where are we? Table Back on table four. Table four, there we go, yes. And you're playing our very own William Watt, so you can say what you like about him. He's not here. Um, <laughs> he won't listen back, so... Um, so I beat him, he paid me money, and then just <laughs> filled in the score sheet. You know? um, so, yeah, I was playing against Liam. He had Nagash, Necromancer, Guardian of Souls with the mortar- Mortality Glass, uh, Secret Filth, and then four skeletons, five direwolves, five direwolves, 30 grim gas reapers, and then he had three spells, the pendulum, the geminids, and the spell portal. So, yeah, this was not looking good for me. And this, like me and Liam had spoke quite a bit before the event, and having looked at the lists, we obviously Liam was going to say this, but even I'd decided that his list was probably the best at the event. And he knows what he's doing with it as well. He's been playing it now for the best part of six months, um, getting some good practice with it, amongst other things. Um, focal points is a bad mission for me with this army anyway. With my master's list, it's actually a, a, a decent, uh, a decent mission. But um, yeah, he made me go first. I uh, charged into forty skeletons with six eels and the eidolon of the storm and smashed the whole 40 skeletons off in one go. So I was able to score objective one in three to get uh, three points. And then I had models to score objective the one at the bottom. So I scored four in turn one, but I didn't have the bodies or a unit that wasn't expensive enough to commit to the middle for an extra two points, which was quite big. Um, I needed I needed thralls or something to like just move on to that objective in order to score it, to keep momentum in the game. In his turn one, the portal comes up, the pendulum comes out, he tossed the, the pendulum into the Eidolon and did flat six mortal wins to the Eidolon. Um, and then he cast the D6 mortal win spell into the Eidolon through the portal, the, the orb. Uh, but only did one mortal wind to the Eidolon with that. So the Eidolon was sitting with like five wins left. And then I think he chipped another wind off later in the game, maybe with like an arcane bolt. Uh, he brought the skeletons back in the middle of the table to score the middle objective and then started fighting my six eels and the, um, the six eels and the Eidolon with his 30 grim guests playing for turn two. I won priority turn two and I felt as if I really needed to take it because the Eidolon was on five when uh, four wins left but he would then get to move the pendulum so I was banking on Liam not rolling above uh, not rolling above a three 
because if he was if he only did three mortal wounds to the Eidolon and then I was able to retreat the Eidolon and charge, I could heal him D3, and then I could try and prayer to heal D3 as well. And at that point, the Eidolon could just run havoc through his backline, start taking some heroes off and stuff. But he rolled a five and just killed the Eidolon. So I decided to kill Nagash, uh, rushed all the eels forward in turn two, charged into Nagash and killed him. But then I was in amongst 30 Grim Gas Reapers. He his necromancer uh, cast Van Hells on the, the Grim Ghasts, and the Grim Ghast Reapers actually just chewed to bits my last 12 eels across two turns of combat. Uh, and that was it. That was game. Uh, didn't have any... Like, once the eels are dead and the Eidolon's dead, the heroes don't really make up any significant part of the, the army. Um, ideally, I wanted to kill Nagash in turn three, but I couldn't risk doing it turn three, going into another priority role. Or he would have just taken all the points and then I would need to fight Nagash in my own territory and it would be even further behind. I needed to take Nagash out and uh, I want, I'd lined it up so that I could fight Nagash and fight his Necromancer and his Guardian of Souls as well. So Volturnus killed the Guardian of Souls. I only did two mortal wounds with 12 eels by Voltic Blast. So that should have been on average about seven or eight. If I'd, if I'd done more mortal wounds to Nagash, I could have killed Nagash with only six eels, and then the other six eels could have split their attacks between the Reapers and the Necromancer. And at that point, the uh, the Grimgast Reapers only fighting once per turn, and might have been able to hold on to my turn three to retreat, re regroup, and then finish the rest of his army off without heroes, but it didn't quite go down that way. I rolled pretty poorly, and it was the only shot I really had. Um, he's a really good player as well, Liam, um, and he plays the army really well. So I'm not I'm not upset with the result. It's kind of what I've expected. So good game, well done, Liam. It was his turn to win, really, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. We kind of go back and forth. I think we played four or five times last year, and I think now the record's three two to Liam across a twelve month period. So I think it's my turn next. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. So, two wins and a loss for you so far. So, Stu, you were a big boost up to table eight. Oh, yes. To face our resident squig expert, Mr. Graham Duffy. Aye, Duffy. So, this was against my my first uh, interaction with Gloom Spite. Um, I did uh, order the Gloom Spite, <coughs> but... Um, I've still not picked it up from the shop ridiculously. It's settled there waiting for me. So I'd not read it. Um, Ill prepared again. Um, but, you know, I know I know destruction pretty well. So I thought I'd be all right. And and uh, Duffy was a gent, talked me through it all. Um, there's a lot to talk through. So it went in one ear and out. I'd had a few beers I think, <laughs> by this point. So it was all right. But I made a massive display, uh, mistake. And so what I did was. Um, I put Durthu in a position for the ambush because he'd done so well in the last game. I thought, right, I'll <coughs> I'll push Durthu up again. I'll uh, I'll smash some stuff up. He had a Mangler Squig, and I thought, well, I know Manglers. You've got to do the damage to them. Don't let them charge you. So I thought, right, I put Durthu uh, six inches away from the Mangler Squig and a unit of Squig Oppers. And I thought, right, I'll just smash that stuff up and then I'll teleport him back out. Um, so what I did was uh, 
I put him there and then I took the first turn and I realized that I couldn't get a wood in. It was ridiculous. I'd put my branch, my branch wraith too far back with the acorn. And there was just, I hadn't quite, I, I mean, I don't know what the decorum is on, on a test fitting where woods can fit in advance. I mean, it's, I, I, I have a thing like with X-Wing where you're not allowed to pre-measure. So, and, I, and I'd not thought about it. And I just came to put the wood down and I just couldn't get a wood where I wanted it so that it was, it was in a place where it'd reach up to Durthu and it'd be close enough to all my stuff. So I thought, God, I'm going to have to take a turn now getting into position to put a wood where I want it. And Durthu was up there and isolated and I was just in the worst position. So I ended up spending my first turn retreating Durthu. <laughs> so I'd put him six inches away. Absolutely knackered it all up. Nothing had fit. And then I had to run the bugger back. So Duffy just mocked me. As you... <laughs> and I was like, uh, and and he was just he was just loving it because he had this rampant destruction. And I was just there with my big sword. And then I suddenly thought, well, I've got no no exit strategy. If I attack now, he's stuck there and there's nothing I can do. And well, there you go, it's the inexperience. So I ran him away. <laughs> and so, uh, so to Duffy's talk... list, just quickly. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, I'll talk folk through it. So no, a, I've got to hear if you don't have it. No, I've got it. So he had uh, the Loon King Scragrot as his general, um, and he had the Hand of Gork. He had a Fungoid Cave Shaman uh, with Itchy Nuisance, um, Great Cave Squig with the Loon Boss on it with a Talisman, um, twenty Stabbers, ten. Fanatics, but that was five actually, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I corrected that. And it was yeah. five when it came out. Yeah. Then we had a 15 Squigurg with three herders, 15 with three again, 10 hoppers, 10 hoppers, a mangler, and it was the Squig Rider Stampede, and he had cogs with it, and he had the Arachna Cauldron, uh, which was a really interesting thing because the Cauldron, when it comes out, gives the Loon King all the spells. Mm. That was the thing, so. <clears throat> yeah, it was good. It was good to see. So I was massively too conservative. With destruction, you've got a, you've just got to hit it, haven't you? So it was focal points. So at the in turn one, I got four points. I basically took um, uh, what did I took my two, um, on the diagonal plus the center. Um, then Duffy took four points as well so he did the same he, he managed to take the center off me there was a bit of back and forwards with us it was during this game that i realized that using movement trays with uh F is a really bad idea because it was slowing me down so much because with dryads and teleporting them and using the trees it, it's so different to with my death, you rely on the movement trays to move your units about, and it saves so much time. I was finding with Sylvaneth, it was actually taking me more time to do things because of them. Uh, so at this point, I ditched the movement trays um, after this game. Uh, basically, I, I I might have been able to do more um, in this. We, we only went to three turns, so I think uh, there was a lot going on. There was um, a lot of movement, a lot of... I was being very conservative. Um, Duffy was two, I think. He was holding back quite a bit as well. Um, when I did make the big play, 
I I made the big teleport and the jump with the big units to go for the objectives. And if we'd have seen it through to the end of turn five, it it could have gone either way, I think. Um, But as it ended up, um, it it finished on turn three and we were on 12 points each. And if we'd have gone to turn four, it'd have been even as well. It had been down to five, but that was so far in the future. There were so many variables at that stage. We, there wasn't enough time left for us to go through turn four and play competitively. So we called it at that point and I took the minor loss on uh, victory points. Uh, one key thing that I think was worth, worth pointing out, um, that loon king with his moon stick, he's got the moon on a stick. I don't know if you've read it or seen it, but that is such a good artifact. You basically roll a load of dice and if it does one wound on you, then each of your hero phases, it automatically does a, a mortal wound. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it, it's like that cursed sword, you know, that was in death that everybody were raging about when it first came out in Legions, where you, on the first turn when you choose somebody, it does D3 mortals, and then on a 4 plus, it does another one. So but it's the hourglass, it's like that. It could be, yeah. Well, there, there's a cursed sword as well that's similar. Uh, but yeah, it might be the hourglass as well. It's just, I think you roll something like 66 and it does a mortal wound on a six or something. I don't know what it was. It, it's a bit hazy. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, have, the, have you got it? I've got the book. Hold on, Scrag, right here it we go. It seems like a really, really good little artifact. And it killed uh, her. Damoon on a stick. Yeah. Uh, if any wounds inflicted by Damoon on a stick are allocated to an enemy model and not negated, that model suffers one mortal wound at the end of each battle round, even if the wounds inflicted by the moon on a stick or subsequently healed yeah okay yeah it's brilliant so he managed to sneak one wound through with the moon on a stick the mangler squig did a bit Durthu did his his normal choppy choppy did loads of good stuff but i couldn't get him back to my healers to to re to do regrowth on him and he was he was gradually dying as he limped back towards them with uh, <laughs> the moon on a stick had got him so and that bad moon as well it on turn one, he rolled the six, so it went to the center. So it was ideal for him. So all the stuff was doing what he wanted. Mm. I couldn't wake up any of the wild woods because I was on minuses to cast. Uh, all his stuff was buffed. And then he had a command ability to keep it where it was. So exactly where he needed it, basically turns two and three. Duffy's moon was out. He had his moon out. He was waving <laughs> he it. He was about. mooning you. Yeah, he was mooning me. His moon was on a stick, and yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was a good game. I was, I was, I had a right headache because I'd been really trying to work out this army, and uh, I was maybe focusing a bit too hard. And uh, but it was good fun, and uh, I'd like to play Duffy again, um, maybe in a more relaxed game where I know what I'm doing, but. Uh, yeah, there you go, a minor loss. So yeah. that was only a five point, was it, this time? So, yeah, five points for a minor yeah. loss. Yeah, yeah. So you got 780 to 480 in terms of kill points. Yeah, it was quite low. So not not huge, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Duffy does with the book. He, he, he didn't seem too highly enamoured with it over the weekend. But no, but I'm I sure there's plenty of lists in there. I think he's really running his old list, isn't he? And it's yeah. just the Loon King and the um, the Shrine in. I, think I, don't, I don't think he's a fan of lots of um, goblins, you know, lots of stabbers or whatever. He's yeah. that's, that's not his that's not his bag. He loves, no. loves his squigs. Um, 
don't know if he's got spiders or not. He might, he might do. There's be a list in there as well, but I we'll, don't know. We'll, we'll I, see. I'm not too sure. I think, um, yeah, he only had a minimal use unit of uh, spears to caddy the um, uh, the fanatics. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know he played Nurgle, didn't he, towards the back end of last year? Yeah, he did. And he, I know he's got he's got Seraphon as well kick, kicking about, so we might see that popping out. But I think Seraphon's a good shout if you've got enough enough uh, in your <laughs> in your summoning box. But yeah, there is stuff in there. I think that I think Gloom Spike could be one, but it's I think that it's it's different to old old mixed destruction. It'll be interesting to see how. Uh, how Donal and some of the, the yeah, really, uh, yep, yep. top destruction players take to it, and they'll get the best out of it, I think. And we'll see. We'll see what rises to the surface. Absolutely, grand. So that was uh, that was day one coming to a close, and we did the usual <laughs> thing now, which seems to be the, <laughs> the routine where oh, man. there was there was uh, probably a good I don't know twenty or so of us that that went out. Um, had some food, we went to, again, the sort of cheap, cheerful Chinese buffet that everyone can get into and get a seat close together. We ended, we ended up giving them a £70 tip <laughs> in the but Chinese. This is the, place you, this is the place you go and serve yourself. So uh. <laughs> they, were, they loved us. They were, they were really happy. They were really nice to us, actually, because, yeah. you know, see, I think the rest of the restaurant cleared pretty quick when 24 of us descended on the place. <laughs> we're sweaty gamers comes in. And, and my missus. So she'd, uh, <laughs> she'd, she'd, she'd come along to join us. I'd, I'd, uh, I had a hotel uh, for the night, which I bought months ago when it was cheap on the sale, Premier Inn. So I was like, well, you come along, you know, or I'll, I'll, I'll learn some brave. points while I'm at it. <laughs> you know, you were brave. But she was, she was the legend. Like, she was really good. Well, she was got looking forward to it, you know, because she, she knows some of you guys already. So it's good. She was good. She was. She was looking forward to it, I think, and obviously a night without a, the child's as well, you know. So yeah. she gets to lie in and chill out, have a few drinks or whatever. So we, yeah, went for the buffet, had a had some had some stodge, and then headed up to the the Witherspoons up the road. And they had Orkney beers, like for two pound fifteen a pint. <laughs> I live like a mile and a quarter away from the bloody place that's brewed, and I pay twice that a pint nearly. <laughs> Good old Witherspoons driving the price down. That's all. <laughs> No, it was brilliant. It was a really, really good night. There's some really nice lads who were out, and yeah, there was a few people. It was, just, it was just a chilled, wasn't it? It was just um... yeah. There were some people. It was the first tournament, and they were really yeah. like Grant was there, and he was a really great bloke. I'm looking yeah. forward to meeting him again. And and yeah. Paul, big Paul Duke, who was out, he's he's yeah, a legend. He, he, he came back. Really he went away and then came back, didn't he? So uh, he, he had no lad. voice the next day. I was playing him <laughs> in the last round and. I was like, mate, do you want to just text me or something? Because I didn't get any of that. <laughs> oh, I went home it. and had a sausage roll and beans. I, I was uh, <laughs> mid-table behaviour, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> looking after myself. That's what the master does. <laughs> One of the funniest things, this group of people on the table next to us uh, asked Paul to take him a photograph. <laughs> Oh yeah, Paul's really tall, and he, and he he sort of like lifted it up, and we could all see from behind him that he was just taking selfies of himself <laughs> <laughs> while they're all posing, and then he just gave them the camera back with a load of pictures of himself on. It was hilarious. Oh god! <laughs> did he did he realize he was doing it or was he? Yeah, doing he was So that was uh, that was Saturday night, and we were there till. 
I don't know, one or something, one-ish. It was, it was later than I probably planned, but then I wasn't that bothered. I wasn't playing the next day, so <laughs> I could sit in my chair and just drink uh, coffee the next morning. So anyway, that was Saturday night, so we're back Sunday morning, and ev- everyone made it back, thankfully. So 40 souls, hardy souls on the tables again, and this time we rolled up um, Total Conquest from the pool. Uh so that's, again, one of the new ones. And we were in the Realm of Life, Gairan, uh, which, again, I've clicked away from the Realmscape feature. This was Festering Corruption that was in play, which uh, that's the one. That, that, is, that is a terrain feature one. So this is, let me just scroll down. Five plus, you pick a point to Morrowind, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it ignores Nurgle. No, you had plus one dice roll of your army as allegiance to Nurgle. And a five plus, pick an enemy unit. That's within one inch of a terrain feature. The unit suffers one mortal wound, so not too crazy. Uh, this one. Well, how did the how did the shaman go last round? We never touched on that. Did you uh, forget? Yeah. So Liam rolled and didn't get it off. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> and then we weren't in cover for the rest of the game. So fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So round four. And this. Let me get back to my uh, tables here. So round four. Nathan, you were now on table table six. You dropped a little bit. Uh, you're playing Mark Storer, who was one of the guys, one of Gary's old mates. Um, Went to school with Gary. I was talking to him a bit. Yeah, he lives down in Nottingham now. Okay, so he's, I, I played him at, I think, Northern Invasion a year or two back. Was he one of your events, Stuart? It was Northern Invasion or For All the Old World. I can't remember which one it was. But him and I'm sure Dan Ryan turned up as well because I recognised him as well. So yeah, uh, they they come to a previous event. Um, I've so. been I've been to events at War on My World with him. Uh, um, yeah. I've never seen him up in Scotland. I don't think. Well, it must have been for the old world then because he was. I played him at Common Ground um, with my flesh eaters. So you're talking like you know best part of two years ago. Yeah, maybe it was been my missed. first tournament then. Uh, maybe it was then. Uh, flesh eaters. And he and he uh, he had Stormcast. I think he'd bought it actually back then. But anyway, back on table six, he was running uh, a sort of mad mixed destruction list, which was quite fun. But he did, he'd oh, he's got the Dreadmaw. <laughs> he had the Dreadmaw, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. See, I was having lunch with him. We were down for, was it called Warlords? The 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 Warhammer well, World one, the, the pre- official one that was the first one. The pre points. When they first got the first General's Handbook, I think it was. Yeah. And... Me, him, and Gary were there, and I remember my Dreadmoors were there, and they were uh, they were ripping the place up, and and I'm pretty sure that I I think Gary might have painted him that Dreadmoor. I'm not sure. The, the, we Dreadmoor, lunch. I think. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah, we were having lunch, and I'm pretty sure he he agreed to paint it for him. So, yeah, <laughs> very nice. I was having a look at it. But yeah, there was a there was a bit of a story, but yeah, I didn't realise it was him when I uh, spoke about the list last last time. But yeah, he's a he's a really a really good bloke. He listens to the show as well. He said he listened to it on the the way up from Nottingham. Oh, so oh, yeah. right. He didn't realise who we were though. Like think what, uh, what does he mean? He was like some somebody had uh, two two dreadmores before. I was like, yeah, that's uh, that's Stu, the other guy that would do the podcast. I was listening to that. I didn't know that was you. This is at the end of our game. So. <laughs> oh, oh, he's a really good like, funny bloke. Yeah. I I've only ever seen him that one time in uh, in Nottingham, but he was a really nice guy. And he he said to me, if you ever if you ever want any like uh, exclusive model sort of thing from here, I can always pick one up. So I always oh, thought that's really nice. Yeah, that's good to know. Noted. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we're everybody in the country now who listens, all 34 <laughs> of us. We know you. <laughs> cool. So, Nathan, have you, have you got his list there? Uh, well, I, it's not actually on TTT, but I think I can remember it. Is it not? I, no, who, it's the one that Mark Strodars. It's the only oh, one I've, that's not I've on got it. Me, yeah. uh, oh. oh, no, Sam Petz isn't on TTT either. But it was Godrek as a general. No. It was God, Godrek, um, uh, Arachna Rock Spider with the Wizard, um, Dreadmaw. The Orc boss on the Wyvern, I think that was his general, with the plus oh, one Ravager, uh, plus one to the, the D6 roll. Um, and then he had three units of ten Savage, oh, savage boys. Savage, yeah, that was, that was his uh, battle line. Uh, we had a little chat at the start of the game. He asked a little bit about what the army does. And uh, to his credit, he kind of, like, when I'd seen the list that I was up against the night before, it, it was looking like it was going to be a, a bit one-sided with the the four monsters. Um, I I was I thought there might have been like a little catch to his list or like a little trick. But then the first thing he said to me when we got to the table he was like, "There's no trick. There's no, there's <laughs> there, there's nothing there's nothing subtle about it." Uh, he just had some cracking games day one. Uh, he, he said that he was only expecting to win one game at the event. And he went on and he won two on the first day. So now he was uh, he was loving the event as well, really enjoying the atmosphere, and we had a good chat. Um, we had a, it was a nice game. It was it was quite friendly, but it was uh, a bit savage on the table. Like Godrag got taken off turn one with six eels. Um, <laughs> he, he was basically ta- he, he he was tabled by turn three after high tide. Um, no, in fact, no. It, to his credit, it was turn four. No, yeah, no, sorry, it was turn three. He just didn't realise that the Eidolon could retreat and charge. He got the Eidolon down to about six wounds left, and then he retreated and charged and healed back up. And yeah, it was it was it was a brutal game. Uh, there what there wasn't really any strategy involved in it. It was just a complete mismatch of armies. But uh, it would be great to see Mark back up. He said that he'll probably come up to more of the Scottish events. Because he's got family up here, he went to school with Gary, so I think he's got. It's a, it's a bit easier for him, he said, to travel away to an event up here because he's coming up to see family. But if he's at an event in and around Nottingham, then he was. I, I know what he means. Like if there's a family emergency or if something's going on, like from looking back to Six Nations, my dad get taken into hospital, and I was only an hour's drive away or about an hour and a half's drive away that point you kind of have to go like you're that close that you need to just get in the car and you need to leave uh you need to take care of bits and pieces um people don't really understand that you're away so he, he said that you'll try and get to to more events up here uh in the future it'll be good to see him as well i think he's got yeah, a couple of, i think he's got a couple of competitive armies as well he, he plays bone splitters he's got a cunning ruck and stuff like that as well so it'd be good to see him coming up tomorrow yeah, yeah, definitely. Him, him and Dan. They, and, they didn't and make Rich. it to our meal, did they? I don't know if anybody. No, I, I think they they shut off pretty quick. I didn't even get to ask or I anything. Think I, I was I was there obviously at the desk, and I think a couple of the other mates turned up, and they were sort of uh, 
watching the games for a little bit, but and having a chat. And as as they finished their games, they were all sort of grouping together. So, so I expect they all went out and got drunk together. And they're all well, gonna... they did. They did yeah. have a pint because I remember meeting them outside the hotel, and they were looking as a tender <sighs> as I felt at one point. So probably friends and family and stuff as well. I think even Rich went to Stirling Castle, didn't he? Like he got finished quite early and got to Stirling got... Castle before the sun. Yeah, he got pumped on that. I think that may be the Sunday actually. Yeah, he, the Sunday. Yeah, he got he got pumped on one of the the games fairly quickly and did a bit of tu- a bit of tourism, local Scottish sterling tourism, <laughs> and came back in time for next round. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that was you, Nathan. So major win for you. So you're yeah. you're back to three and back one. Back to three one. Yeah. Um, so Stu, you I lost my rounds page here. So I had Mister Rawson. Of course, Adam. you always have to play each other, don't you? So. Yeah, well, Adams. So, I think uh, I've been playing a few years now and um, against each other, and I think that he is honestly one of the, the best people I like to play against. See, I've not played and, him yet. I'm kind of itching to. We came close well, to Aegon, but it was a redraw. He, <laughs> I think he's, he is, and the thing was, I felt I was I was pretty rough. That Sunday morning, not normally that rough. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's right. So guess this this is the morning game of the Sunday, and Adam was out with us as well. So <laughs> yeah, we were pretty tender, and um, there was all this talk, I, all this talk I, on on Saturday night. Oh, game, uh, game four. It's going to be beer hammer. We're going to start with beers. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, well, we waited until about turn three before we opened any. But, uh, God, but no, we were. If I was playing anybody else, I think. I don't think it'd have been a good experience for either of us, but because we were both feeling pretty bad, um, we were, you know, we, <laughs> we were very considerate of each other, and and you could, it, it was good because I was using his woods and he was using my army pretty much, and <laughs> we right. both knew each other's armies inside out, and you know we, it was a very relaxed and very fun game, and. No, they, he's, he is a, a, a great opponent. So he had um, he had Manfred as his general. Um, so it was Legion of Night. He had Vaudrai, a necromancer with Decrepify. He had the the White King um, with my favourite build with the smouldering helm. He had 40 skellies um, with spears, five wolves, five wolves, 15 knights and cogs. And then he had an extra command point because he was he was a uh, nineteen fifty. Um, so it went. I had the priority because I was the one drop, and my, my initial deployment was something that I'd been considering doing for a while. So what I did was, and you, I don't know if you've seen a, a photograph of it. I actually called you over, Scott, because you did. I was, I was, I was pretty hammered. But <laughs> so what I did was, I took my thirty dryads. And I did what I was, what my standard sort of thing was going to be. So I strung it out from one board edge to the other. Because I got the two things, so it was six inches away, then I got to move them to three inches away. I basically strung my 30 dryads right along his line. So it was total conquest. So it's that janky deployment where you kind of like in a squiggle. Mm. So I just mirrored his line all the way around and penned him right into his corner. And then I gave him first turn. It was a um, funny, funny look at this on both your faces. You're like, get, and I get, didn't get. know whether I should because I had two things going on in my mind, and I sometimes do that where I have two two ideas and they merge into one, and I get the worst of both. But what actually happened was, so he got first turn, and 
he charged everything into my dryads and killed them. But then he was in such a position that he had his own his his one objective. Then he had the option of because he charged with his dire wolves, which were on his far left flank, he could have then because the dryads were gone piled them in towards the closest models and captured the objective but he was scared because i had quite a lot of stuff threatening that i'd then take it and hold it so he left that one and so uh that was that was critical by the end of it but anyway so my deployment wasn't totally wacky it seemed in the end um game was good it was backwards and forwards really really close there was always one point in it um each turn we got right up to the end of four um we would have gone through five but we um we just sort of like played it out in in pace we got to the stage at the end of four where i i did some shenanigans where i teleported a unit of summoned dryads in a horrendous place and then tailed them you know you conga line them round (laughs) round, right round all his filth and and he just saw it and it was like oh and then he he did his best he moved his black knights his um his white king round to try and block them off but i was i just retreated away from his white king and stole his objective basically so i i got a, a a big swing and then he didn't i got a very very cheeky major um I did forget my stomps for Durthu, um, and he got he got killed. That that stu- do you know where you get the minus one to hit? It's critical, really, and I yeah. I forgot it, and and then I rolled it afterwards, and I rolled a four. You should never roll it if you forget it, <laughs> and after everything's been dealt with, <laughs> and then you say, oh, if I'd have rolled it, and you roll it, and you go, Argh. but no, so but no, he's a he's a grand opponent, and it was his first outing with his army as well, so he was coming to terms with that, and and. There's a list there. I think Legion of Knights got a list. He didn't have an alpha strikey one. Um, he obviously had the um, the Vaudry and Manfred, which work well with each other. And he had the fifteen knights, so you can Van Hells them and Lord of Bones them, and you can you can get a big punch and recycle them if you need to. But when I did my Legion of Knight, I did like having the the Morgasts to bring in, and I tended to use. A couple of units of dogs just to make sure that you could always threaten the bat lines by just coming on to sneaking objectives so they had to leave things um but i think that a bit of practice if he sticks with it and plays them um i think he'll he'll get some success out of them i think there's uh, something there if he plays the defensive legion of night because he gets the plus one save in his yeah. own territory oh, and stuff definitely. like getting those knights on a three plus against no end is pretty cool it is, and then um, if you're putting things on on your cover, the thing is with the unit of uh, fifteen, you never it's never quite small enough to put on the cover. I always no. used to like having a five, and I'd cycle, I'd circle it around my uh, white king, so my white king could be on a one plus, bouncing back models on the four, and then the the knights would be around him pretty tight on on cover, so. If somebody put like to bring heart renders mm. down or something, um, like the thing they're never going to get through your knights. The thing with the fifteen, though, the fifteen is all. I think it's barely enough that with the double piling, you can take out about. I think you can take out a unit of thirty witches. 
and yeah, Hag- probably Hagnar, because I know that that's what Liam was looking at with the, he ran the Death March Sacrament. Death March might be something to look at as well. Everything yeah, in Death, Death March, March works really good in night because it's all death rattle stuff. It's well, all that's what benefit. I, that's what I ran, and it was a, a death march with yeah. Manfred and four more guests. Mm. And you leave the death march in in your territory and hold everything, and then use the the Morgast to attack. But when we come to tri- Twin Realms in a, a couple of months, you'll see uh, the filth we've got in store for that. Me and my ten year old. <laughs> the the Vordry the uh, and Zombie Dragon might be a better combo as well. Yeah. Rather than the the Vordry and Manfred, means he's got something big and meaningful he can get a, an artifact on, and then he's got the Vordry's command ability to make the Zombie Dragon pile in again in the hero phase, which could yeah. be pretty cool. I think the Mortarks need a buff. We've been saying that for months. Yeah, definitely. Now. Um. Having a deathless minion save when you're a death lord is just perverse. I mean, they need a they need a, a solid five or even a four plus. I mean, I'd, I'd take a five death save on a Mortark. Um, you can understand the zombies and the things within twelve inches or six inches of them getting a six up, but they should be getting a better one. I think anyway. I'd like to see them get a three up armor. Maybe a couple of extra wounds and maybe the hard five up. Yeah. They're they're pointed in a way that I think that they deserve that. Tone their command abilities down a little bit. Nefratus shouldn't be able to stack either should Arcans. No. And they'd be all right. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think Alinda's not even part <laughs> of the conversation. She's the, the, the new kid on the block. She's the new Mortark, isn't she? She's, no. The new and improved. Fake Mortark. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was, I was, I was wanting Martin Swaffield to be there. Why was Martin not there to bring his belt to smash me up as well? He's gone off quiet since he won all his uh, raffle prizes, and uh... <laughs> he'll be back, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> he'll bring Oleander Ole, or whatever her name is to come and, uh, come and lift Grand. up the rock and scare Manfred again. <laughs> so, a major win for you. And looking at the points here, it was uh, kill points. It was six forty for you versus. 1470 for Adam, so he obviously killed more stuff than you. Yeah, I was just, yeah. Play the mission, that's the way. Yeah. So, on to the final round, and this was all that was left, the final pool, was the kind of hero missions, obviously including Orb, so there's always, (laughs) I was thinking, oh god, as much as I don't want to ban it, I don't think I want round five to be relocation Orb. (laughs) I've yet to have a bad game on it. Yeah. I've heard of all the stories of people having games that where it just goes to the back of the table, but I've yet to have a bad game on it. That's always yeah. a good game. Yeah, I've, I've played it once or twice. I've had fun, but you know, there would have been grumblings, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I know. Obviously, well, everyone knows what's happened with Liam. He took the event in the end, but he, you know, he was, you know, he he knew that it was one of the last two games, and he was surging up the up the up the. The, the the rankings in the event on day one, uh, so he was obviously he's got his Nagash. He's he's obviously delighted for one of these hero missions to come out and be in game five. Obviously, he was pretty in a pretty strong place, but we'll, we'll hear more about that um, later on. Um, so, but, but in, in the end, you know, I, all you know, all the missions were rolled in public. It wasn't like I sat at my desk and re-rolled anything that I didn't like. <laughs> so you were getting what you got, and although the dice did fall off the desk. 
I decided to let the role stand. <laughs> and it wasn't Orb. It was three places of power. Um, and the the realm, there was, again, a couple left, but we rolled up Akshi. So this was going to be very interesting, you know. Big guns out at the end. The big spells. Um, again, suiting the, the gash very nicely. Um, but as for you guys, uh, and this was the realmscape, Clouds of Smoke and Steam, which... Um, I'd picked, but you know, there's obviously pros and cons to it. So this is the one where basically all the terrains kind of on fire, essentially. And if you can draw a line of uh, what's the actual wording of it here, <clears throat> a model cannot see another model if a straight line drawn from the center of its base to the center of the other model's base passes through a terrain feature other than open ground and or hills. So pretty powerful, particularly for any spells that need line of sight. And, and any shooting at all um but anyway that's what it was so on to the the draw itself how, how would you rule um and this didn't come up we discussed it a little mm. but how would you rule it when when you're both on the same terrain if you would you say that if they're not in base to base they can't see each other or would you say if you're within three inches and you're within combat range of each other then you can see each other I know in the past it's been ruled as base to base, and that's, that's how it. I played it. Yeah. Played well, we did. We we played it. We played it base to base, but we did discuss it and said that if you were in combat with something, it'd make sense that you could you could see it. You know, so if you're within three yeah, inches, I, I mean, it's obviously it's not in the rules. So there's, there's, there's an argument for that, definitely, um, and it's you know it's pretty logical. It's, you know, if you want to try and put yourself into the battle. Um, that's not always the best way to rule AOS, unfortunately. But I don't know. I mean, I, if if someone had asked me, I'd have said base to base. But yeah, well, um, that's it. We we played it that way anyway. I mean, um, no... because it, even for buffing spells and things, we were having it so that you'd have to be base to base with the uh, the unit that you wanted to to cast a spell on. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll hear about your game, Liam. Cause, uh, Liam, sorry, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, fairly oppressive in my game. Yeah, there was a quite a large piece of kind of Gary Marshall, lovely looking terrain on it. So, in Did hindsight, you have the big temple. It, the, big the, temple? it was it was the big temple, but it wasn't the big temple that came into to play. To be honest, it, it ne- we never even got that far. Yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, we'll, we'll get into it. Table yeah. four, Nathan, you are game five up against Paul Deduca. So he had an Arch Warlock General, two Warlock Engineers, each with their own Gotfire Scorch Coven. Uh, one Coven had three Storm Fiends, a Grinder Team, and two Warp Fire Throwers. And the other one had two units of three Storm Fiends, one Grinder, and one Warp Fire Thrower in it. And then he had a Pendulum for another 40 points as well, taking them right up to 2,000. So another... He deploys in the, the ground and I deploy in the sea, uh, trying to juke each other out to see who was going to come onto the table first. So it was a tense game, but then it all kind of unraveled for him when we started paying close attention to the the Realmscape feature. So one key mistake that he made at the start of the game, and it wasn't even apparent to me at the start of the game, it wasn't until I actually started playing my first turn, but there was a piece of arcane scenery and he'd got greedy and put his Arch Warlock on the piece of Arcane Scenery. Um, 
it was one of Gary's Nagash statues, like cut off at the waist. You remember on the table oh, yeah. he played Stu, yeah. Yeah. So he had that sat there. He gave me turn one because he was a one drop. Obviously wanted to see where I go on the table and uh, react to where I go. So I teleported my Tidecaster over to the right-hand objective, knowing that I couldn't score that turn because it was a setup and I couldn't move. But his Warlock was on the opposite end of the table, and I decided to do like what I did with Kev. Brought on my Volturnus, Six Eels, and a Soul Scryer in that back corner, and decided to charge only with a plus three to charge, so it was a hard mode charge, <laughs> six inches. But <laughs> I got Volturnus in to the um, the Warlock, like in the scenery, and did a couple of mortal wounds with the Deepmare Horn. And then I charged the eels in and blasted the um, blasted the Arch Warlock with the, the lightning because I figured that I was going to lose the unit before I get to do it anyway. But then it clicked. I'd charged into a piece of scenery and I'd killed something before I had piled in and attacked. So because I'd completed the successful charge, I then piled in so that all my models were in the piece of scenery. So then when it came to his turn, uh, he brought his uh, coven with the three storm fiends and two warp fire throwers up on that corner to take out two of my heroes and bring one of his on because he had five heroes, he had three. Uh, he'd lost one and he wanted to take two of mine out to try and bring the score a bit down. But he then had to deploy into base-to-base -base contact in order to be able to see, which means he takes D6 mortal wounds. So he started taking damage. And then he couldn't risk putting the warp fire thrower teams into base to base because they only have three wins each and they would take D6. So the good there would be a good chance he would have just killed himself doing that. So he didn't kill everything that I'd brought onto the table because he couldn't see to actually do it. And then when he charged into well, when he was in combat and piled in and started attacking, I think I had one eel left, which I just saved with a battle shock point, uh, command point. I won turn two priority and then I flew Volturnus into the middle of the table uh, so that he could score that middle point, which was a massive bit of scenery, the big temple. So he wouldn't have been able to see him unless he went base to base later in the game as well. Uh, and at that point, he couldn't even get his hero onto the objective that he'd brought onto the table because he was too far away from where he had popped up to make a run move to get within three inches of the objective. It ended up being, like, it, it just snowballed from there. In my turn three, I then took off that coven. He brought on his other coven and just couldn't get all the, the stuff off. Couldn't uh, couldn't take all my models off. And I ended up tabling them in turn four with a score of 17 to zero. Oofed. So it was uh, purely, like, in any other mission, in any other Realmscape feature, it would have been a lot closer. It would have been like the game that me and Kev had where it would have been back and forth and I bring something on and then I lose it, but then I can counter-attack and take what he's brought on. Um, probably the advantage to him with him being the one drop and being able to dictate who goes first. But yeah, that Realmscape feature, absolutely. That, that, this is why people talk about shooting not being in the meta, because of things like this. I'm pretty sure that uh, the Carriage and Overlords player that we were talking about lost his game as well, I mm. think. I can't like yeah, we... I can check for you. Yeah. The but... was down. Doo -doo -doo. 
Yeah, he did. Yeah, he went 4-1 across the weekend with four losses. crushed him, but looks like a major win, 1980 versus 120. Yeah. Yeah. So it is just far too brutal if you play with meaningful scenery, which we all should. We should all start to play with bigger bits of scenery, big bits of line of sight blocking, like actually have it make an impact on the game. But that one's just far too... I think, yeah, the, 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 the footprint's too big on that one, isn't it? It's yeah. I, I agree. We should have tall scenery. Yeah, you know, mix it up because models are getting bigger on average, um, and it's nice to to block line of sight occasionally. You know, it's not it's not as important as forty k, but it's nice to have that on the table instead of just little things. But yeah, in, in hindsight, I wish I'd kind of split that up, table up a little bit. When you and, read the paper, it just looks like a line of sight blocker. Which is what we want. We want more things that block line of sight and involve strategic play. But when you come into actually playing it, and then something with an eight-inch range can't shoot something three inches away, even though they're in the same piece of scenery and stuff yeah. like that, like it, it, it's just a little bit too strong <coughs> in the the favor of the non-shooting armor. Like he he already could only shoot the closest unit because of the deepkin row. Yeah, then, oh, of uh, course. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. So it, it was it was really bad for him. I felt I felt bad for him. Um, I I'm happy enough to say publicly that he got my best sports vote because we were laughing and joking through the game. He was telling me about his night before through whispers because he'd lost <laughs> his voice. Uh, but no, he was uh, he was he was a great lad, and it was a really good game. Yes, uh, it's yeah. a good lad, Paul. It's good to see him back playing regularly. I think he again he started it. Tempest last year, not no, not started first event, but started the year at Tempest and then sort of disappeared for a few months, but came back he's, strong towards the end. He won uh, Warpath. He's a good. Oh, of player. course, yeah. Of course he yeah. I think he was at War Northern Invasion as well. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, good to see him, and he'd uh, obviously he'd, he was he was playing you in game five, so he was on he was also on three wins by that point. Yep, three wins. Um, having taken out game one, which is the one we forecast. You know, we all thought, oh, yeah, that was shit. Well, yeah. well, he was my tip for the dark horse, like, he was yeah. my yeah. podium, podium, uh, side, well, long shot, yeah, good stuff. So, that was uh, that was you, Nathan. And if we double check, Stu, round five, so you had must have done a wee bit there. You go, oh, of course, here we go, yeah, yeah, this was uh. This was like the king of the North Isles. This was me. <laughs> Table seven. So, I said badge. to him at the beginning, um, I wouldn't mind losing to Spadge, but it'd be insufferable if he beat me because he'd, <laughs> he'd not stop lording it over me until next time. So we we can't be having that. So we, we went in and we were, we've both built new armies this year. So And obviously we'd travelled down together and he's uh, my local club mate. So he'd, he'd uh, come with the Slanesh. Um, he'd gone um, with Seekers. He'd, he's got the the exalted Kipper Nigel as his general um, with a lore of Shlanesh and the icon of infinite excess. Uh, an infernal in Rapture. That's the harpy woman, isn't it? The heart woman. Uh, a mask, a herald of Shlanesh. 30 of Demonettes, 30 of Demonettes, 10 of Demonettes, 6 fiends. 10 Seekers, and an extra command point because he was in at 1940. Um, so yeah, Slanesh was new to me as well, so I had a, a lot of new stuff with my first game. Um, well, I mean, I've, I'm looking at my notes here. 
Uh, I had first turn. Um, he, the big shocks to me, that fives and sixes on the demonettes is so scary. For those that don't know, um, I I fired everything into his demonettes. I, I stuck it, the Geminids in, Durthu got his stomp off. They were minus one for the Dryads. I, I positioned everything. And he looked just a little bit too smug. And I wondered what was going on. And then he came over and he was like, as I explained. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, what? And he rolled them. And basically, because there's more than 20 of them in the unit, if you roll a five or a six, it counts as two hits. Regardless, it's like a natural. So I might have minus three to hit on them. But it didn't matter for anything. So he was just like, he, he did something like, two sixes he rolled he was on sixes to hit and he rolled something like two or three sixes that that turned into 16 wounds it was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous so anyway these these were good um they came in and started really smashing stuff up he he said himself though afterwards that he he didn't realize how resilient dryads were when you've got them, I managed to get two lots of three three base woods down, so I could get both units of thirty dryads fully in the woods. So they were in the woods. They were um, there was thirty of them. So they were what fives, fours, threes, three up save minus one to hit them, but the minus one didn't really matter. So he didn't quite realize how resilient they were until then. And I had quite a few command points in the bank and. Um, they came in really handy in this game just for Battleshock. Um, he came in. I, I I took the first turn and I stuck Dreitcher on one objective in a Wildwood and Durthu on the other in a Wildwood. I had um, all my spikes at the back, just sort of like buffing the scenery with my um, Branch Witch and Branch Wraith. And I uh, bubble wrapped um, the, two, the two big heroes with 30 Dryads. And he he didn't quite realize how wildwoods worked either so he ran he had the ability to run and charge for some reason so he ran into the woods to get them into position for a shorter charge and so he was having to roll the deadly terrain twice and as we know it's the old deadly terrain so it's still for a wildwood if you roll a one the model goes um regardless um thankfully he did that with his demonettes first and not with the fiends so, but he lost a lot, a lot of models to his um, uh, to the Wildwoods, and it resulted in quite a lot fleeing to Battleshock. He didn't really have enough um, enough points in the bank to make them immune. Definitely, without those woods, I wouldn't have had a chance against this list. I don't think, um, because I'd forgotten the stomp in the last game. I got a bit muddled at one point um, with a couple of the rules. We were trying our best to get through it. Um, we, we started ramping up the speed in about turn three because we realised how the clock was going. And I mean, at one point, I was so keen to get my stomps off. I think I rolled it twice, <laughs> which was uh, which was a bit ridiculous. Uh, I did make one really big mistake um, on turn three. It had gone. It was pretty pretty even. Um, I had two points in turn one to his one. Then it was four four in two, and then it got to the stage in three where he scored he went first and he scored 10 and then what i did was i'd had the problem with shooting all the way through as well um 
but what he did was uh, I, there was a little tiny channel, and he had um, he had his big keeper of secrets was on one wound on the center objective, and the base was just touching the edge of the wildwood, and there was a little channel between a couple of bits of scenery, and I positioned Reiter in such a way I could fire the squirmlings, and I shouldn't have done it. It's absolutely ridiculous, but I shot the squirmlings in, and I killed the kipper. But that meant I couldn't get onto the uh, I couldn't get onto the objective until turn four, and if I'd have just charged with Dreicher and killed her, then I'd have claimed the objective there. So I diddled myself out of a out of a a point, and well, we ended nineteen nineteen. It was really close. It was it was a good game. Um, I don't think he quite realised how tough Durthu was because the fiends, he charged the fiends through and he snaked them through the woods so they didn't take the dangerous terrain, the deadly terrain. And he was coming in to kill my support characters. So there was the branch witch and the branch wraith on, on I don't know, some terrain at the back. Mark Ain, I think it was. And he charged them in such a way that they congered through and he got about three of them into, co- into connection but he tried to kill something else first, which was probably right. But what he didn't realise was that it brought them into within three inches of Durthu, and Durthu's got a three-inch swipe. So Durthu hit the fiends, and he killed five of them outright with a swing of his sword and left one on, I think one was on three wounds, and then he did the impaling talon and killed that one as well because he rolled it with its uh, thing. So he wiped out all six fiends with just like one one swing of the sword. And I think that was a bit of an eye opener. But we, we ended up 19-19 at the end. Um, so it was a minor win to me. But um, it wasn't until afterwards that I realised if I'd not been daft and used the squirmlings to... And it was only one dice I was rolling because it was only one model. And I, and I thought about it at the time. Oh, I'll just try. And I don't know why I did it. I shouldn't have bothered. But I, if it had just charged in and, and killed it, I'd have, uh, I'd, I'd have managed to get the extra point. But there you go. That's just the, the heat of battle. And I'm sure we all do things that uh, we could have we could have won if we did something different. But no, it was great to play Spadge again. And, and he's got a really tough army. I think he's going to do all right this year. I think he'll take a few notes from Wii. And yeah. maybe up those fiends, and now nah, they're they're really really good now. I'd be interested to hear from him how good those fiends were in other games, um, because we really didn't get to see them there. And I think that the I wouldn't have wanted them anywhere near my big characters. I think if they'd have gone into Durthu, mm. I'd, I'd have been. T- that's why I bubble wrapped Durthu in the wood. Cause Did I was he have it- the Chaos Sorcerer Lord? He didn't, but I think he's certainly uh, got his eye on that now. Mm. He can see what. We were talking uh, about um, the doubles event just a minute ago there, but he's he's teaming up with Eric, who we've, none of us played, but who's got um, the corn. And, and I think that those demonettes and wrathmongers can really synergize well. Oh, extra attacks. Yeah. Well, that's it, the extra attacks. So doing yeah. double double hits on a, on a five. The kipper making them pile in twice as well. Yeah, so they're getting three attacks each. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be outrageous. So I think there's something really good there with those two. So that's a that's that's one to watch out for. Um, yeah, 
I think we should get Lee on and have a chat about his uh, previous filth. Um, I think so. His new he's filth. Got, his daughters and his Emmys. Yeah. He's always up there, isn't he? Yeah, so yeah. Lee would be a good one. I think we can chat about him. Anyway, so that was uh, that was Tempest. Um, so we can look at the final table now. We can maybe do the, I don't know, the, t- the top 16 upwards. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or should we do top 17? Oh, no, no, you're all right. Let's, let's, let's leave 17 out. Let's do top 17. So in 17th place, do you win? No, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, 130 tournament points out of 200. So Let, let's start. Let's just do the top. You know, yeah. I gave 17. You gave 17. So there we go. So let's do top 10. It wasn't too bad, though, because I ended up with what? Two majors, two major wins. A minor win, win, a major loss, and a minor loss. Yeah, I think for my first time out with an army, having they're the only five games I've ever played with it. I'm quite happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's not and bad. You still weren't the lowest ranked member of the Six Nations Scotland team either, <laughs> because Scott didn't play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheers. <laughs> and I was I was the highest ranked Orkney person. So oh, there you go. It's all the matters. This yeah. time, this time, I've got to keep my nose ahead of Spadge. He was that close this time. No, uh, what's, happened, what's happened to the Shetlanders? They've not, they've disappeared. Oh, that's it. I don't know. I don't know. Dale and all them. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So let's do top ten. Uh, so in tenth place, John Craig and his fist of their chosen kind of Nurgle slaves with a war mammoth list. It's a cool list. Cool list. He. The other thing I remember about this was he played Grant and his bone splitters, and I said, "Oh, you have to, you have to get that skull for your uh, for your bone splitters." So, <laughs> and I think he did. He successfully oh, killed, yes. the, killed that the, was his the highlight. <laughs> that was amazing. his sole aim. I think that mission was to kill the big beast. So, uh, so well I was done. sat next to him at the Chinese, and well, <sighs> his 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 weekend was made up. He got a painting nomination, and he took a, a mammoth skull. So yeah. it's a pretty good outing for his first tournament. Johan on that uh, purple sun. I think he. Won't, I think the only reason he put the purple sun into the army was so that he could put Johan on the front of it. Yeah, it's being chased by the purple sun. It's <laughs> awesome. Oh, yes, Casey. <laughs> uh, that sorry, that's uh, the role models uh, comic book. Basically, that model is the character. And the role models, Age yeah. of Sigmar comic book, and his name's Johan, and he always gets into these crazy situations. So it was awesome seeing him actually on the tabletop. It was, it was cool. I've, I've got mine. I, I've kept him safe for years and years. I need to get that one. First dragon. I need to get one for the turtle base. I, I've, I've been waiting for the, <laughs> the right model to put it on. Yeah. I've not found it yet. So Grant also had his, he had Ravenax jaws, which I've never seen ever in a list before. Um, he said he got it on the table. Did. So he got I think it. He, he managed he, to get everything on. He wouldn't have he, got it off. He got it. He got <laughs> it off the table. <laughs> he, he got it on versus Graham Davidson and his night hunt. And Graham had left a nice little ravenax sized hole in it, in amongst a bunch of spirit hosts, and <laughs> and it went. And it there's there's a before and after photo they took, and it it took. A, I think it's in the WhatsApp chat, but it, it took a good sort of three four spirit hosts off. So that's you good. know It's probably the most that it's ever done ever. But anyway, in the world, in the world, yeah. <laughs> so he's leading meta. Um, so that was John Craig. He finished on 140 tournament points. So what's that? That's going to be what three wins? Um, three two. Three two. He'd be yeah. Uh, ninth place, JP, and his Legion of Sacrament. He was on 145. So he must have had a sneaky little 
make get a minor, minor loss. So minor he was three one one. Three one one. So he was sole player on one four five in ninth place again. Team Scotland player, so that's good. Uh, eighth place was Dan Ryan and his lovely, lovely Sylvan F. Um, he's one of Gary's mates from down south. He came up, and he was yeah, he was ripping it up. He's he's got a massive minor winning there as well. Now route wasn't he? He was yeah, Nalroot. It was good. Uh, yeah, he was really pumping out the reinforcements. Was he the big summing pool? Yeah. Okay, so he's he did really well, and his army was absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah. So it was another one that got. So I did some nominations. Um, I picked eight armies for the best painting. Um, we'll talk about that after. So keep we'll keep going. Seventh place, Craig Graham, Grand Host of the Gash. Uh, so this is the first of the players on four majors and one on one major loss. So um, Craig came in seventh. He, he had the lowest strength schedule with his Nagash sort of grim gas list. Um, sixth place with David Nemeth and his Legion of Sacrament again. 170 points, so he was again lots of grim ghasts and uh, other stuff. Um, again, the guys in just play talk more in depth about these lists, so we'll just kind of skip over them a little bit. Our very own Nathan in fifth place, so uh, again, it was very, very tight at the top actually. So it's again only a little, a few pips. The top five is only a few pips of kind of strength of schedule. One point of strength of schedule between, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I, I should have done better, I should have done better. Do you know it wasn't it wasn't even that it was uh it's just it's just your luck really i didn't get the opportunity day two to play up whereas i'd been playing up day one sure. so i played i played down round four and then i played down again round five yeah so i didn't get the opportunity to play anybody that was on uh 3-0 yeah and so that it's just things like that you're always going to end up with a few people but in the, in the flip side the reason why strength of schedule is better is my kill points were absolutely incredible. Right. They were nuts I was because I was playing down. Yeah. So, so, so you're in fifth place. Um, your net VP is four plus four thousand three hundred, but your, you know, your kill points four, which you know some tournaments rank at kill points only scored, yeah. was eight eight thousand six hundred. So, you yep. know, you only dropped fourteen hundred. The only kill points I didn't get were, uh, I. Stu done me. He didn't give me the battalions, even though I got everything in the battalions. <laughs> but um, so you're both do, I, can, I can adjust it. I can adjust it. No, you're but both uh, do I? Yeah, you get the battalions. You just mm. don't get the spells. Um, but only if you kill everything in the battalion do you get the battalion points as well. I think I don't know. That's the way that I've always uh, I've That's always played it. Well, you've had to have just tabled me then, and you did, I suppose. <laughs> so yeah. But I, t- I tabled everyone other than Liam, and even against Liam, I got Nagash off the table. So I just the, the list that list when it gets to turn three is just crazy. It's far too much damage. It, I, it, I would even go as far as say that command ability doesn't need to stack. I'd maybe like to see them let you do it in one other turn out of the four for the tides, but it doesn't need to stack. It's yeah. nuts. It's a, it's a where, where does it say that we? Sorry about this. Where does it say that you get the uh, you give up the points for battalions? I I, I thought maybe in an old handbook or something. I don't know. Because I I thought mm-hmm. that that had changed in GW in their own packs, so you don't get it. Oh, well, I might be wrong. I could be wrong. I well. remember a big Twitter yeah. debate about it, and everybody saying no, you don't get it. I think it's something we should probably just write into packs. Yeah, yeah. I think it probably just needs is, putting it, in. It doesn't come up that often anymore, though. No. I think the only time it came up was between 
fourth and third, wasn't it? Because they were tied on strength of schedule, or did it go to extended strength of schedule after that? No, well, on 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 tabletop it does, but I wasn't using extended well, strength. Okay, yeah. so so, so so strength of schedule. If you don't know what it is, it's the average of your opponents. Um, records records yeah. over the five games basically so yeah. idea being if you play higher placed players you score better basically because you've had a sort of harder matchup that's the kind of theory um, rather than using kill points or net kill points so I had net kill points as, as, the, th- as the last tiebreaker so it's your kill points scored versus uh, minus your kill points lost so there's various schools of thought I don't think any of them are perfect so um, anyway, you're right, Nathan. So fourth place, Mike Callahan, with his iron jaws and his four wins. So and his and his ridiculous wow. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> another well, argument for command points not stacking. Mike which uh, yeah, which which to further talk about stacking, we should just wow. touch on the fact that Mike game three versus David Nemeth. Uh, so this was in the focal point. So nice, nice long diagonal. <laughs> Uh, deployment. Dirty, dirty. <laughs> so, so what does an Iron, what does an Iron Jaws do? Play Iron Jaws player do a diagonal deployment. They put everything on, the, and it's nine inches apart, isn't it? So it's everything on inches apart. Yeah, yeah. Aye, so nine inches in the center line. Um, everything on a nine inch line. And David Nemeth, unfortunately, did the same thing. Um, you know, he's got quite a fighty list. He's quite an aggressive player. So that's 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 his style. Uh, Mike got the first turn and wad furiously. So I think he had two command points in his list normally. Maybe so he starts two. off with two. So he would have had three, two, turn one. Generates his third, yep. Um, I don't know how different. many command points he spent, but if you roll a six and you've got six units nearby, you get plus two attacks instead well, of plus one. So I think it was a combination of the brooch and rolling sixes to yeah. double up. So he ended up with plus nine attacks on probably Funny. everything. <laughs> Plus nine attacks on everything, yeah. Yeah. So Mike was in essentially tabled him turn one, uh, or certainly crippled him turn one, Um, and yeah. So that was uh, that was that. But so so yeah, stacking the wah, you know, maybe they need a bit of love there. But you know, it's Iron Jaws. People are reluctant to maybe hammer them further. But Mike had his strength of schedule nineteen point eight. His net VP, however, was only fifty plus fifty. So he'd, albeit in that game, he'd probably scored a lot of VP. In others, he didn't. Um, and third place, John Bayliss, again on an identical 19.8 strength schedule, but higher in FEP. So that gave John third place with his Bleeds of Corn list. Um, he was playing, Nathan, he was playing, can you guys confuse? Sorry, he was playing <laughs> Liam, <laughs> table one last game, um, which is interesting in a number of ways. They play each other a lot, as they say. Uh, Liam tends to beat John most of the time, if not all the time, I don't know. Um, Obviously, a very good player, John. He was our champion last year at Tempest. Um, his list is very interesting. Again, listen to Just Play guys; they go into a lot more detail. Um, but he's, he really is milking, I think, everything out of corn. And certainly in this mission, playing the gash on three places of power versus you know Inferno Blades and uh, <laughs> Stoke Rage. Okay, he had a gone summer. He can do a bit of that himself, and he fights as well. So I'm sure he got the benefit of that. But I expected this to be over a lot quicker than it was. Um, and even by talking to them, it was, oh, no, he's killed my heroes. He's got Nagash on there. He's got another character on here. And it looked like game over maybe an hour or so in. But it was still going. It was still going. And people were starting to come and watch and as their games were finishing. And it was still going. Liam was looking a wee bit red-cheeked at one point. I don't know if that was just, uh, you know, 
norm, normal, or he was, he was. I don't know if he was any, genuinely sweating at one point. I guess we'll hear about his version of events pretty soon. Um, but John kept it going at the very, very end. I think it was very close. I think it even still, you know, he was milking every single last drop out of that mission, let, let alone the list. Um, so it sounds like it was a really, really good top table game five, you know, to close out the event. So. Uh, so John lost it. He was in third place. That left Lee in second place. Lee Martin with his Slanesh. He had the higher, highest strength schedule. He was on twenty point six. Um, so he that, that, that secured him second place as highest of the four wins category. But it left our very own Liam, uh, no longer the bridesmaid, now the the blushing bride. Good on him. Good on him. Well done, Liam, with his friends yeah. in the gash. Maximum two hundred points. So five major wins. Maximum. Soft scores, strength schedule twenty point four, net VP almost six thousand. He was only just behind you, um, by ninety points in kill points scored. Yeah. So he he was he was taking things off, you know, as well. So clearly a powerful list, and we'll we'll no doubt hear a lot more about it from Liam himself. Yeah. Modestly, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Uh, he, he deserves it. There'll be a lot of obviouslys in that segment. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to count. <laughs> let's, let, let's play. Uh, let, let's play. Let, 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 let's put a little bet on it. Who can? Who can pick the number? Oh God! It's got to be in the three digits. <laughs> so, just to round round up this kind of prizes and stuff, we had the Tempest Hero, which was basically the most best game votes at the end of the event. Everyone got one vote. Um, as I said during the ceremony, it turns out you're all incredibly nice gamers, uh, incredibly nice to each other because nobody had an outright win. Um, there was plenty of plenty of folk on one vote at least. There's only probably half a dozen or so, maybe maybe eight that didn't get any votes. Um, but lots of people got one, and no, twelve people got two, and that was as far as it went. So I was like, well. The traditional roll-off might take half an hour to kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, whittle it down like a Swiss uh, tournament in, in its own right. Exciting, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. be bothered with this. So me and Gail just wrote them all the names and I put them in a box and she picked one out. And John Bayless took that one out. So that was, uh, you know, John's uh, a great fair guy. Fair enough, yeah. Fair enough. Nobody can argue with that. Yeah, it's interesting because normally in some places um, they give it to the but hmm. if it's tied, the person who's highest placed. So I, I think that's pretty fair then, because okay, if whoever's that's... high, yeah. because okay. the 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 idea is that if you've got the same amount of sports votes and you've finished high up, you're yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. like trying. So so I John, think that's John. that was fair. It was good that he came so high up and he ran uh, Liam to the wire and got best sports. That's that's really nice touch. I think so. Well good done stuff. to him. Well done, John. Yep. Um, the Lord Artisan, which would have christened the, the best painted army. So I did some nominations on Saturday afternoon for this. I picked eight. I thought, you know, normally you can be C, three, four, five, but I wanted one from each Grand Alliance, and there was some nice armies there. And I thought, well, we've got space to put eight up. Let's just put eight up. Um, so I put down uh, from Chaos, it was Paul Deduca's Scryer list which is a very nice looking army his bases in particular kind of caught my eye yeah it's a good army yeah but it's just a nice just a nice looking army storm fiends done right just you know they are nice models big chunky things um they do stand out um for death i picked uh luke whitehead so paul's 
son who he's been going to events for a long time. He's he, he does very well, but he had his flesh eaters, and they just appealed to me as a as a previous flesh eaters player. I loved his kind of simple scheme very much in the kind of. I think he was actually inspired by Ben Johnson's kind of flesh eaters. Um, I was going to say that they do look quite similar. Yeah, I think I think he played him at an event down south a year or two back, and um, got you know super inspired by it, and it's. It's very very similar looking, just just really nice pale with the kind. Of, I love I love blood effect. It's nice and simple, but it's nice. It, it does the trick, especially particularly for flesh eaters. So that that got a tick in my book, um, and I gave Liam a nomination as well. I think his his death list is it, it looks nice. It's it's classic Liam. It's obviously he, he paints armies very quickly. We know that, but he does them really sort of cleanly, tidily, and consistently. Um, and he, he's got a nice color choice, I think, as well. So I I chucked him in there. Um, we had Mike in Destruction, Mike Callahan and his Iron Jaws, who we've seen him putting them up on Twitter for the last probably six months, I guess. Um, he's been working hard on them and he's got a nice kind of pale Iron Jaws scheme, very uh, very kind of re- realistic almost. You know, it's different to what you kind yeah. of see. That's Mike's style. He doesn't paint very brightly, I would say. He's got kind of muted, muted, muted colours. Mean, I hope mean, he brings them out again because I know he was doing it specifically for Tempest yeah. and he worked on them. But yeah, I hope he does because he he got a good showing with them. They did really well, and I he think did. they deserve another couple of runouts. Maybe. They're just not fun to play on the top tables. I'm not Honestly, sure. like, having played them for so long myself, they just don't have the tools in the toolbox. You're relying on luck and your opponent making mistakes and oh, okay. it's it's not fun when you're trying to compete. They're, they're a good fun army to pick up and play and throw about the table and stuff, but they just lack tools at the moment. But he's done an awesome job on them. They look absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah. really, really nice. Um, first time I see them in the flesh and I don't think we'll see them a lot on the from what Mike's been saying post-Tempest. I'm not sure ah, we'll see that much shame. more of them. But Holding out for a battle talk. Yeah, I've, yeah got, exactly. I've got I've got a good feeling that they're going to get some love. They have to. I'm just saying that because I want to see Gotrek come for Fire Slayers, and they need an update as well. <laughs> so, keep, still in destruction. I, I put Grant uh, Fraser and his Bone Splitters out there as well. Um, again, you'll see pictures on Twitter. Again, he's going for a kind of pale Bone Splitter scheme, but I I, I just really liked it. It, it. The models Bone Splitter is, is, is a great range. I think. Uh, really nice models, um, plus combined with his kind of endless spells as well. It's just a just a kind of wacky looking army, um, but nicely painted, I think. So I chucked him up there. And finally, into order, we've got Dan Ryan and his Sylvaneth, which are outstanding. First time I've seen them. Obviously, we don't see Dan up here, um, but they were fantastic looking. Um, so they but they were almost first in my little sheet of armies to pick, having just done little walk pasts during game one. Um, Michael Hans, the kind of reigning painting guru <laughs> champion, yeah. most of these up, and, had and his, his Stormcast looked really good as well, didn't they? That's yeah. the first time I'd seen him. Yeah, so he's had them for a while. He painted them before the Argo, but he's first time he's really got them out. Um, and he's done a lot of con- well, head swaps on them, so there's kind of el- elven head almost. Um, that's his kind of take on it, and with his usual high quality painting scheme um, or style. Uh, so very very nice, and the final one I picked was Paul Whitehead. So father and son were both nominated. Um, he had his it's effects. He had his yeah. <laughs> he had his order Draconis, which we've seen for a mm-hmm. few tournaments now. But I I really like it. It's it's a kind of uh, homage to 
old Warhammer almost in many ways. Yeah. Kind of bright, bright elven colours, the white, the red, the, the yellow, the blue, the green. They've all got their own kind of um, unit colour, you know, so I, I chucked them up there. So anyway, I'm talking about this. this How did Paul do? Where in, did in, think, I've got a couple of questions about certain folks. So have you got the, the results there? Yes. Yeah, so, How did Paul do then? Yes, yeah, so Paul. He had the order of Draconis, didn't he? Paul came eleventh. He had, he was top of the three wins. Yeah. Um, so he did the well. One, sorry, the other one I wanted to ask was uh, Young Will. Cause, he beat uh, his dad. He did. <laughs> he beat his dad. So, that was the highlight for the weekend for me. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so just to close off the best picture, so Mike took that out. Sorry. Yeah, he, uh, I'll, I'll come back to all this because it's good questions. <laughs> good good questions. Um, so Mike, congratulations to Mike. He took it out. I know he was del- absolutely delighted with it. That was one of his targets, I think, for the for the event. So yeah. he had uh, he he was clear winner. He had twelve votes. Dan in second place with nine, um, and then there was a couple of folk on six. Uh, let me check my scores here. There was uh, Paul Deduca had six, as did Paul Whitehead. So that was the kind of top four there. Everyone got at least one vote as well. So that was nice to see. No one got left uh, hanging in the wind there. So <laughs> that's good. Um, so. Yeah, we've been through everything else. The best in Grand Alliance, they got the nice trophies, but we've seen who that is. Chaos was was obviously Lee, so it was based on your final tournament position rather than VP or anything like that else. Anything else like that. So Lee, Liam, Mike, and Nathan took home those trophies. Uh, the sort of uh, shorter sword for second place was taken by Lee, the cursed zealot, but the great crusader and the big jumbo stormcast sword. Obviously, Liam took that away. So that was that was all the prizes. Yeah, they were pretty yeah. phenomenal, those swords as well. They, well done for getting them. They were nice. I, I, I left Gary to it, so I wasn't really in the... I knew and even, even the best Neats Alliance, they were really nice trophies. Oh, I love it, them. They're absolutely perfect. It, um, really beautiful. He The Destruction one was a brand new one, the kind of yeah. tooth. It's really um, cool. He'd, he'd had in mind a kind of mushroom, or at least I'd kind of proposed a mushroom, <laughs> a fungus type thing. Um, but that was several months ago. Uh, so I basically left Gary to it and said, just just do what you can do, basically. So as usual, he, he, he delivered. Um, and that was fantastic. So, but anyway, back to, back to your question. So yeah, Paul. Yeah, sorry. Paul came 11th. Um, young Will. So he ended up, well, he was 35th. What was his uh, run? Because I knew he had, um, he had uh, the younger Whitehead as well, didn't he? For he, his... Uh, he lost to Luke in game one. Yeah. Uh, so that was Flesh Eater Courts. That was they smashed his dad. 1860 to 400 <laughs> kill points. Yeah. Game two, he ended up with dad. And I didn't realise until they, they, they came up to me. I, w- I was doing the rounds and, you know, your eyeballs are sort of taking the top few tables to see who's playing who. And I wasn't doing a kind of filter. And had had I seen them, I might have, I might have changed it. Um, you know, it was lower down the, lower down the tables. I'm, I'm more inclined to maybe... Chuck will be changing, and I, I did later on. Um, had absolutely no effect on anything, um, and maybe I would have changed it. But it was nice to play each other. It was nice for Will to beat his dad. So, um, yeah. so that was good. That, however, that was his only win for the weekend. He, he then lost the next three, but um, he did well, and he's you know he's he's that's his best finish I think for that he's been to. So keep going. They didn't man. spoon. No, he spoon. didn't spoon. So who spooned? Go on, talk him. Talk us through the spoon. Oh, the spoon. Yeah, I've not mentioned the spoon. So this was uh, last place. So James Marshall. James Marshall. There was a, there was actually three of them on fifty points at the end. So James had zero wins, as did Eric. Um, 
your your comrade. Um, they were the only two on five major losses. Uh, Graham Davidson was down there, but he'd he'd won major win, but he lost uh, painting points for his uh, his night haunt. So he was also down there. But um, so strength of schedule decided the. Uh, <laughs> Eric was saved by playing David Nemeth. <laughs> who went four one? And yeah. poor James was 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 put cat hard for playing me. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> so so J- young James Marshall, son of Gary, he took home the Tempest Spoon and a box of Night Goblins that had been kindly donated as well. So he can start his next army. <laughs> he got the quick shade as well, actually, at Northern Invasion. Did he, was he last there? He took the last place there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a video on the AOS Bat Rep page um, of him being presented with his quick shade from the army painter. Yeah, he was a good spot then as well. Aye, uh, yep, he's a good lad. But yeah, he had a he had a couple of tough games, and I don't I think it was his first run out at AOS too. And as I say, he'd, he'd not absorbed those um, FAQs, so yeah, yeah, he'd planned an army around a certain tactic that wasn't legal, so it tripped him up a bit. But I'm sure he'll be back and he'll do well. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. So, in terms of kind of final thoughts, I'll I'll do mine very quickly, and you guys can say your say your piece. Um, I was overall delighted with it. I think it was again everything went really nicely, really well. There was wasn't much in the way of um, well, there was nothing on the day really. A few questions, but that's normal. But nothing, no major gripes. We had a few chats afterwards, and a few people said a few things. So we're we we know what we're gonna. You know, we'll move things forward in the, in, without going into any details there. Um, in terms of the pack, I like the pools. I really like the pools. Um, I think it would work really well at Masters. Having Definitely. initially had the plans to do it at Masters, it kind of got democratically voted out by everyone. Now I might not give that the chance next year <laughs> and just put it in place because I yeah. think it's really good. I think it's it gives a nice spread. Whether we change the way the pools are designed to have more than five pools so that there's a chance like like in the realms you know you're, yeah you don't single realm but there's a chance you know there's a chance you might not play one particular that's pool. what i was thinking maybe having three have a have them in six pools of three yeah 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 i'm sure we could do something like that and have a, a different think about it um i know uh john craig is using pools for the doubles tournament in april He's kind of piggybacked onto that. I don't know if it, I don't know if he's changed it at all. I've not really read the pack yet, but um... Kev's using the same ones for Follow oh, the Old World. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that. He announced he's announced that he um is announced that he's using the same scoring system as you and the oh, same good. pools. And just a shout out for anybody um who likes the sound of coming and playing. I think there's still about eight eight places left for Follow the Old World. Yeah, so if anybody wants to come and join us. Anyone wants to come and join us? Um, there's a, it's two days and when, what dates is that? Have you got the dates there? I'll get, them. I'll get, I'll get them. <laughs> I'm there giving them a shout out and not knowing when it is. I think it's, <laughs> I think it might be the 16th of. It's the middle of March. So whatever weekend has. Let me get my calendar up. Oh, shit. Look at this. Do 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 do. Yeah, 16th and 17th of March. Yeah, see. Yep. Yeah. So come join us. Uh, 16th of March. Um, it should be really good fun. So, but there's there's a couple of tweaks there before we go back into yours. I suppose they're they're doing a very similar thing with the scores and the um, and but he is allowing beasts, isn't he? 
He is. In fact, he's encouraging it, I think. He (laughs) is, yeah. Um, So so there is slight differences. So read the pack and then um and then sign up. Come join us. Indeed. And while we're on for the old world, we might as well mention Hammer of the North, John Harper's tournament, albeit it's only in a week and a bit's time. A week's time. (laughs) Um, So if you fancy a very late sign up, there's there's definitely still places. He's not playing Realm of Beasts and he's not playing Relocation Orbs. So if you like not playing them, then come to Sterling for one day. Lists on the day as well. Lists on the day, yeah. Lists on the day, of course. Yeah, so there's no... no, uh, I'm liking that. Looking at my pile of grey. <laughs> it's really yeah, good me. for people that are going to sign up late as well. Maybe they'll find out that they're free and they won't have the two weeks before the event submit your list to yeah. to worry about. So yeah. Uh, there's yeah, there's pros and cons for everything, isn't there? So yeah. um yeah, I've still got a bit of work to do on my list for that. So uh, that'll be the job this week. Um so yeah, back to Tempest. I think so, yeah, pools we've talked about. I think Realmscapes, I I still kind of think they've got maybe a place. I know they're not equal, and it's it's honestly it's sitting down to do it. There's only one or two in each one that you would realistically pick without things going a bit mental. Um, so I sat down with the ones from Face Hammer and tried, and you end up in picking the same ones. And I thought, well, I'll try and pick a different one. And also with Mike at the Howling, he'd done the same thing. So I kind of looked at his and, and Face Hammers, and you end up picking one or the other basically. Um, and there's there's a few pros and cons to each of them. We've also highlighted the scenery thing with the, the clouds and smoke of steam. That was that could be avoided by the, the table being set up in a, in a better way, probably. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know how many, how much it impacted other games. I've not talked to enough people to to decide it. So, having said that, I'm a fan of realms. I'm a fan of all the missions. If we were to lose one of the three, I would I wouldn't shed a tear at losing realmscapes. It it is a big it's an extra tax on the brain um, at the table. I, I've I've dropped them from Northern Invasion. Have you? That's in my 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 spiel for the early stuff. Yeah, but we have okay. a weather table though, which okay. in effect is a realm, mm. isn't it? It's a realmscape feature. Yeah, and we've always had that, and I'm sticking with it because yeah. that that is Northern Invasion, really. So yeah, yep, that's um, fair enough. It's very similar though, I suppose. It's it's random each each match. You roll in to see what the weather's like. And it has an impact on one thing or another, so it's yeah. very similar. But I don't think I can do both, so I've, I've chosen to stick with what we've always done yeah. over What's, the landscape. That's fair what about enough. the command abilities? Are you keeping them in? Because for me, uh, the command me abilities are actually worse on the game than uh, the realmscape features right now. It, it's only um, if you're from that that realm, you get to use the command ability. That's a nice in, touch in that realm. So if you've chosen a list from Olgu, you'll be able to use the Olgu yeah, ability yeah. if you're in Olgu, but you won't be able to use anything for the other four games. Okay. So it'll only it might not come up, mm-hmm. or it yeah. might only come up yeah. once. So, so that's kind of what Don- you just take the risk. Yeah. That's kind of what Donald was talking about when he was. Uh, well, he's mentioned it a few times now, but he mentioned it with us a few months ago, didn't yeah. he? Was, and we might see that at Six Nations, I think, or certainly down at his club event, Angel Core. They they seem to be pushing that side of things a little bit. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. Command command abilities I've never really thought too much about, to be honest, um, Nathan. So that's yeah, that's another aspect of things, isn't it? It's that teleport in Realm of Shadow. And yeah. The Realm of Light one is really oh, of really yeah. big. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I 
was going into the last round, I was bricking it for Realm of Shadow or Realm of Light. Yeah. Uh, I was happy we got Realm of Fire. Like the, the, the spells might be a lot more impactful in some of the other realms, but those two command abilities are just massive impacts on the game. Huge. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, that's interesting. Uh, other than that, I, the only thing I'd kind of in my head to talk about was grudges. And I don't think it, I, I, I'm not going to say people grudged on purpose. Maybe, maybe they did. I don't know. I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I was. No, right. I'd have been keen if you were playing bloody Neferata. That's what I thought they were bringing. <laughs> I was wanting a Nefer. The best Nef. <laughs> what, what I mean is, given a tournament that's using strength of schedule as its first yeah. tiebreaker, yeah, is I, there, I don't, I don't is there tactical grudging going on? And I've, Vines I'm, was a tactical grudge. <laughs> I know that Stu is a good player. No, but it, if it was in the pack that grudging was there. Okay. And you're going if you've got the opportunity to pick someone that you expect to do well, and that you you've still got a good chance of being able to beat. I let you down there it. though, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Drop the ball, Stuart. But no, um, it, it definitely doesn't need to be in the if you're using strength of schedule. Yeah. We don't I need don't. It. I don't. I've never allowed it at Northern Invasion. Yeah. yeah. I won't so allow. I'm, I'm a fan of strength of schedule, and in twelve months' time, if we're in the same place, which I hope we are, um. Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm I'm of the mind to, to not allow grudges around one, which it's not a, it's not a major loss to, to anybody. I don't think it's it's a little bit of uh, what used to be a little bit of banter pre-game one, but maybe it's got a more sinister edge now. Who knows? <laughs> a lot of the times, a grudge can be good to guarantee that you play someone that you've not played, which was a problem. Well, that's that's, that's more like, where I've, I've used hovering about the thirty player mark. You were playing the same people every single month. Yeah, and. Uh, I think there was a lot of people used it for that to like kind of guarantee themselves to play someone different. Yep. Yep. But now that we're moving up to sort of the 40 and 50 players, I know that's not every month, but at least a couple of times each month, big, big player tournaments. It's like I played, uh, I've only played Kev once and it was Northern Invasion last year. So I've not played him in a long time. Um, and I play Liam all the time. I'd never played that Mark's Thorar. Uh, so I, I got a, a good mix. I've only played Stu once as well. Whereas before, I was finding I was playing the same people all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we need it anymore. No, no, I, I'm of the same opinion. Um, but we'll see how other TOs handle it. I don't know if they're all going to use strength of schedule or not. So we'll see. We'll see how yeah. it goes. It's well, a, I, it, I, I've used that since the very first Northern Invasion strength of schedule. Have you? And net, and yeah. net victory points. Yeah. Um, and it's just something I've been doing now. It's not brand new. I know a lot of folks think it's brand new, but I've been doing that for four years now. Agom's used it for a while as well. Agom's been strength, isn't it? it. And it was always one of the things on on Warscore, which is what I use. Um, Okay, so I've never used that yet. Yeah, I mean, when I do my draws, I pool people based on their own club or their um, region. Granted, I didn't know that Ross and Nathan were from the same oh, so like place. Uh, because I, I didn't know you two then. I know, like an anti-grudge I, sort of thing. Well, the thing is, I put people in pots. And yeah. you can do that on war score and things. You put a hometown or whatever on it, yeah. and they don't draw each other to uh, game one. But all that's going to do is incentivise... Uh... Lee and Graham to move in with one another so that they don't get paired against each other round one every tournament. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I don't know. I might not even do that in future. It's just when you get six or seven it's boys from Aberdeen driving down yeah. and then they play each other game one, they used to... Well, people just don't... And it's the same with the boys coming up from England. Well, it's all right if you play each other game three or four, but when yeah. you play in each other game one, it's a bit of an anticlimax, isn't it? It's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I... Having having hinted at the fact that I didn't swap uh, Will and Gary Pollock round two, I did swap. Um, right was Eric and was it Eric and it was Eric Shane? and Shane, and also it was Eric Shane, Eric V Shane, and Gary Marshall versus James Marshall, right down at the bottom. And I thought, nah, there's no there's no need for this. You know, it's right down the bottom. It's having no effect on anybody. So I just swapped those two around, and Eric played Gary. Yeah. And Shane played James, so you know that was that was one way doing it. Um, and it was game four, you know, it's, there's not going to be any impact really. So, no. Anyway, um, yeah, that, that that that's probably enough for me to talk about it. I think final point was on tabletop.to. I'm really happy with it. Um, it would be even better had I had the recipe preloaded that I didn't have to drop the spreadsheet because it really is. Well, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I'll uh, open brackets. Uh, Sunday morning, he, the, the admin guy, Dennis is his name, He and he must live abroad because he's, his, I'd been messaging him on uh, Facebook Messenger and he, he was replying, but almost at weird hours. Um, uh, he, so, so <laughs> Sunday morning, Liam comes up to me as I'm sort of logging in at 9.30 and he's like, oh, I see tabletop TO's down, he's doing an update. I was like, what? So logged in. Well, tried to log in, went to the website on the on the laptop, and sure enough, um, down you get the wee sort of front page down for down for a, a, a administration update and progress, blah blah blah. I was like, oh god. <laughs> That's the last thing I need, you know. I mean, at least we'd done the round four draw the night before, so we could have started the round and gone the next two and a half hours without any real problems. Okay, I couldn't input the scores as they came in to it, which I've been doing as other rounds have been completing and I had the spreadsheet you know so we, we would have continued it wouldn't have been a problem so I messaged him sort of uh, two minutes later um, and I got a reply sort of five minutes later so he was obviously awake somewhere in the world um, he's like oh I'm really sorry sorry I'll, I'll, it's back up in a minute um, and sure enough it was back sort of five minutes later he'd obviously turned it off and on again or whatever and uh, it was it was back up so but he had done a, he had done a, what he called a major upgrade on it. I don't know behind the scenes. He said he'd sped things up behind the scenes. It looked the same, but um, he'd been working on it obviously. So that, as an aside, it was a stressful sort of five ten minutes. But then it, it was all back on stream before the round started at ten o'clock. So that was probably invisible to most folk um, on the day, and that was fine. But over, overall, it was excellent. It, it really is um, a great tool, and it's amazing. I'm yeah. sitting here on the website right now looking at people's yeah. lists and yeah, yeah. it's a great tool. We all need to start using this. It's really well, good. I think if you've got a Scottish scoring system put in there and yep. likes a Kev, I mean, Kev's going to be using it at our next big two-dayer. And mm-hmm. then I think John will probably use it along with your stuff. Is 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 John Harper using it? He's for not really said no. Well, in his pack, he's gone 20 for a win, 20, 15, 10, yeah. 5, 0. But there's recipes there for it. There's, there's about half a dozen, there's more than that. There's about eight recipes there. And there's certainly a few 20, 15, 10, 5, zeros in there. It, yeah. it, it's all about what your secondary sorting is. Well, and John... that's, that's what I want to ask you about. That was my question. Are you happy with this? I know this was something that was pushed by the Just Play guys, and I think they're really good, and I like the stuff. And <sighs> I. 
I, I think to me, I, I know what the aim is. It's to incentivize and reward a major. But to me, inside, if you draw, you share the points evenly. And to have it, have it the way it seems to split it doesn't seem right to me. It just doesn't quite fit. So you've got, it's 10 for a draw, isn't it? Five for a minor. Yeah. Then 15 for a, a minor win. Yeah. And 30 for a major. I, it, it seems skewed to me. I, I don't yeah. know how comfortable I am with it. And I don't know what it's trying to do, and I get that. But as the TO and as other people who are experiencing it, do you think it's a positive thing and it's doing what we want it to do? I don't like minor and major. Uh, minor and minor loss and minor win. I, I don't like them as a, a separating tool. I, I would much rather just have win, lose, draw. Yeah. Because as soon as you go to the minor, you're then, like, at all bar one battle plan, you're then looking at a secondary that we don't even use until you get to, like, the second secondary tiebreaker. So for me, the major and minor win are what's the problem. It should just be a draw, and it should be a straight 15 points instead of uh, 30 for the win and or whatever, 5 for the loss or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I do believe that a draw is half. What we were speaking about when we were having debates over bacon rolls or whatever it was, was, remember in Old Hammer, where it was just on victory points, kill points mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. But if you were within 200 points of each other, like 10% of your list, it was a yep. draw. And there is something that we were discussing where we think, or we thought in this discussion, that, okay, so say we have the major wins, the minor wins, surely a draw, which hardly ever happens, maybe that minor win and minor loss only kicks in if you have got over 200 points more. You know, to to bring back that sort of element to it where it that's in to... john craig's pack isn't it is it i've, I've read that somewhere recently is that, I, read yeah. them. I've not seen it properly. i think it's in twin realms I'll, I'll get it up to now well i'm he's... pretty sure i've read it somewhere him and and the boy who's running it with him were big in the um eighth edition and and in yeah. fantasy so i yeah, wouldn't were, imagine yeah. I, I'd, I'd imagine that's that's something they'd come up with and i think i i like it I think that um, if you are within 200 points of each other, certainly if you're within 100 points of each other... Call that a draw, you mean? It, it, it leaves a bad taste, yeah. And I think that if you're within 100 mm. or maybe 200 points of each other, it's well, a draw. It creates um, it would create more of a grey scale. No matter what your scaling is, you'll have more, more draws, which you, you see probably 0.1% of games ending in a true draw just now. Yeah. At the moment, but, it's only a Mexican standoff where yeah. people don't actually move a model. Yeah. That's the only time you really get a draw nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Because because all you've got to do is kill one more model than your... Well, one more unit than your opponent, and and you've got it. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but to come back to your first thing, I, I quite like the 30-15 spread, if yeah. only because the game's about major wins, not minor wins. I know that you get minor great games that are tied, like you'd win you know, your Spadge game. What was that, seventeen all? Yeah, you know, that, that, that's a great game. You, it's not a Mexican standoff. It's a no, no. It's a great game. It's high scoring tournament points. Sorry, well, you know, battle points. Whatever you want to call them, in game points. Um, and 
it's decided on kill points um, at the end and of it. So how was our kill points at the end? Uh, of that game? Just out of interest. I mean, was that more than 200? Because that felt to me, Let me check it. like what a draw it? rather Oof. than a win. Five. Not that I wanted all myself out of points. But it did <laughs> feel like a draw. Uh, oh, no, you smashed him. 17.50 versus 6.40. All right. So, <clears throat> no, it's okay. interesting point you make. But I, I, I like the 30.15 uh, to, to reward mission objective wins. Um, and you don't think it's odd, though, that a draw isn't half the points? I don't think a draw should be half the points, though. I mean, yeah. Well, I suppose no. a draw in football isn't, is it? I mean, a minor, a minor like win. If you win in football, it works the same. If you win in football, it's three points. If you draw, it's two points. There's no such thing as a minor win and a minor loss. <laughs> You're either getting zero, one, or two, or three, aren't you? Well, that's the, the, the minor win and minor loss was what gave us a seven-way tie for second place at the tournament. Yeah, because of the way that round four and five paired after their game three. Yeah, game two numbers. was it? Yeah, not uh, It's always rules. it's always been strange, but the the fact that we've moved away from kill points as a secondary tiebreaker, it's even weirder that it comes into play in the game as the like especially especially when it's narrow fair enough if you've all but tabled your opponent and you were pushing for the win whereas your opponent was holding back for them to take you to a draw then fair enough so maybe the um if the the kill points are so narrow the difference it should be forced to a draw would be a good a good way to to do it mm-hmm. something I mean, worth exploring anyway yeah i think so and, and there's, there's always the argument people make of it as well but well maybe you should judge it on the scale of the scenario points so somebody you know yeah a, well a, a, maybe. a 2-1 versus a 10-0 in gift from the heavens or whatever you know i'm off the top of my head i don't know if that's le- possible or not but you know what i mean it's like if you smash somebody and then scoring do you get the major win beyond a certain point and if it's really tight do you just get a minor win you know i, I don't think i agree with that but some people talk about it um but i think the th- just to fi- finally answer my get my point over the the 30 15 i kind of agree with the just play guys talking about it you, you you don't want somebody to win an event with minor wins you know it's highly unlikely or to place higher than with somebody who's won more major wins than them but maybe had a few losses in there you know so they've they've played they've had more objective wins they haven't just smashed everything up you see what i mean it's uh you know it's a fine line it's a fine line there's in a, in a five-game tournament, that's that's unlikely to ever happen. But I think it was if the score was any different, then if you had a minor loss, a minor win, and three major wins, would you then place higher than someone that had four major wins and one major loss? I think that's, that's why. If, if you if you if you yeah, you'd be identical. You would you be, yeah. Score yeah. Whereas so who should come uh, higher? Yeah. Well, what do you value higher? I mean, is a minor win. And well, a minor still four loss. Wins. But is a minor win and a minor loss worse than a major win and a major loss? I know. Because then you've not I lost mean, any of the objective games, but you've not No, won you've them. not lost the objective, but you've not won by the same degree as mm-hmm. your opponent in the game yeah. that you've but the other you've person got to win. might the other person might that who got the major might have been absolutely smashed and tabled in the second yeah. one. Yeah. And you know, going out with no teeth and all sorts, whereas you've had Two pretty close games. I, I don't know. I, I really so don't. So the last, there's the last recipe that we've not, or piece of the recipe we've not touched on is secondaries. 
I'd like yeah. to see them come in. I'm yeah. actually looking through the Angel Core pack right now because I'm trying to find where I've read that about the the DPs <laughs> being similar. It's not in the Twin Realms pack. I'm not sure yeah, where I've right. read it. But secondaries, yeah. you sh- I think there's a place for them now. Um, I, I shied away from them. Just I simply hadn't read enough of them. I'd, I'd, we had them last year at Tempest. Um, yeah, do you think they should be hidden ones, like secret secondaries, like we used to have? No, back like in the Wild West. Ones. I don't know. I the more that yes, I'm reading but... these, they're awesome. Do you want me to just go through the list? I've got it right in front of me, and I just I, think the, that the, the Angel Core ones. The Angel Core ones, yeah. The reason I like them is because it's the same for every single game. It's not hidden. Everybody knows what you're playing for, and it's yeah. literally just elements of the game. So it's a maximum of 20 points per game that you can get in uh, secondary missions. So one point per battle line unit alive at the end of the game, maximum three points. So that's your kind of three core battle line. If you've got three left alive at the end of the game, you get three points. Uh, One point per wizard or hero with artifacts alive at the end of the game, maximum two points. Uh, One point per table section, two by two, which a unit has, uh, like whoever has the majority of models uh, in that table quadrant, uh, maximum of six points, and you get one point per quadrant. Uh, One point per whole 450 points of the enemy army killed for a maximum of four points. One point per enemy non-general heroes killed, a maximum of two. One point per enemy general called, maximum one. And one point per spare command point left at the end of the game. So if you're sitting there with a couple of command points and you're going to re-roll a charge, if you hold on to that, you're you're going to be getting a potential two secondary point, uh, secondary objective points for not re-rolling that charge. It just adds a new dynamic to the gameplay. Mm. Um, now, does that scale versus the... The points you get for a major and so a minor get, win. You get thirty major, thirty points for a major win. So then that would basically give you fifty points. So it's you almost like the out. twenty nil system. Yeah. Where if you achieve these things, then you're going to have some people with a, a fifty versus some people with a forty or something. And then if you have the first tiebreaker strength of schedule, then if you have a harder game and then your score isn't um, reflecting somebody else who had an easier game, at least your strength of schedule high, which is the first tiebreaker is going to be there to bump you up towards the end. Uh, I don't know if I would go as much as 20 points, but all the things in there are all things that you do in every game. Mm. The table the table section one, if you think about where objectives are based in the game, you're going to you're gonna inherently do that anyway. True. Um, yeah. Killing heroes, you're wanting to do that to get rid of buffs. Killing general against Grantos and Nagash, you want to do that to stop them using that command ability. It's all things that you do in the game anyway. It just makes you think a bit more. Interesting. That could yeah. be cool. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Um, and moving forward, six months, we'll we'll see something like this at Six Nations by all, by all accounts, I think. So maybe we need to get practicing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think uh, Liam had said that he was going to speak to Kev. No pressure, Kev, if you're listening. But if uh, I, I think even if Kev doesn't, put something like that in if we find out in the pack that six nations are going to be doing something like that mm. it's it's definitely worth exploring in the the singles universe i know you did it with tempest last year it's definitely worthwhile exploring it yeah I think you'd think they'll have well the heat the heats will have their own gw ones you'd think wouldn't you this year yeah well, i think they... a lot of them are similar to that though a couple of yeah. them anyway yeah, I think you imagine they'll be in the handbook. You know, they'll they'll get printed in the next handbook. Yeah, um, but we're okay. We're six months away yet. But yeah, the heats. I mean, the heats are before then, so 
It'll be interesting to see what they do. Did they use them at the finals? I don't think they did, did they? The packs are out for the heats, and the heats are all before the new general's handbook, and there's no secondary objectives in the, the scoring system for well, of course they are. They're all before it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But going forward into the finals, I wouldn't be surprised because mm. they did that. They they brought the finals out after the new handbook, didn't they? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as yeah. I'm saying, with the with the second objectives in the finals, no, there was they were blood and glory, weren't they? That's right. They were at blood and glory. That was the. I'm just looking at the hidden agendas now, so uh, you can complete this hidden agenda if yeah. in any I battleship think... phase you have a friendly hero holy within enemy territory. So it's all things like that. I think we're beyond hidden agendas now, though, aren't we? That was something very early on, and I don't know. I mean, it's good to have, but. Sad as it is those, to say, it's those angel... you can cheat. Yeah, those angel core ones are a lot. They're a lot more. Well, they're Trump's a bit bad. more honest. You know what they are. You know yeah. what everybody's aiming for. You Those can see. Box. You can see where you're scaling at any point in the game. Whereas if somebody's got end, stuff you know face down on their side, yeah. you know it's it's you never really know. And the amount of times when we used to do it in the Wild West days before General's Handbook. The amount of times people forgot to actually yeah. use a secondary, and then they'd just say to their opponent, "Yeah, we'll just say we both got our secondary," and they'd say, "Yeah," and you know, you're not the the most competitive the... won't. They'll do it right. Fishing for sports votes and stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> or you get the ones where you hear stories of people trading. Oh, okay, we forgot them, but let's just say we both got them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That happens um, so often. That, that does happen. Not and it skews, it skews the results, <laughs> and it does skew the results. Um. I'm just looking at it. which one is it. There's a there's a recipe in in tabletop.to that it's, it's the ones that the New Zealand masters. I'm sure they used one of them, and it's got as one of the secondaries as uh, one of the sorry one of the tiebreakers is number of secondaries. So you know he's you can type in a number and it'll it'll sort by that. You know so anyway. So that that'd be doing it as a tiebreaker as opposed to actual I suppose scoring it on. I'm sure you can do it many ways. You can put a, you can certainly put a column in just now that's bonus TPs. Yeah. And okay, that's at the very end. Um, but you, I'm sure you. I mean, it's a database. You can instru- you can structure it any way you like. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure the guy. I'm sure he's open to that. But anyway. Um, well, yeah. it was a really good event, though, Scott. Everybody enjoyed it. I've not heard anything ropey from folk. So it's very cleanly you know, it's run. Good as ever. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was a good positive event, a great start to the year, and it must be good for you having uh, just dealt with the uh, the Masters and this the month after, and now you've got like 10 months off or something. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I mean, Masters was a nice kind of smaller build-up almost, but I think I put more energy into Masters because it's Masters and it's the first time, and it's the, top, it's the top players, and you want it to run you know, as smoothly and as efficiently and as dirtily as possible and then you know to get the proper master out of it which, which i think we did <laughs> yeah um, yes we did yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was also a test bed for for the tabletop.to if i'm honest i was wanting to try it on a smaller scale before going up to tempest and that, that worked well um tempest is for for everyone and there was a full spread of people there which was the aim as well there's some new players there's the there's the top players there's the players at the bottom and there's, there's everyone in between it was great seeing everybody just mingle, though. Like everybody was, I've said I said it on Twitter, but the atmosphere at Tempest was incredible. Everybody was talking to everyone. There was smiles everywhere. It was it was yeah. really good. That's been at least with the atmosphere at Masters was great as well. But I think seeing those new faces coming into the scene, it's awesome. 
really well done. Oh, that's good. Cheers. No, delighted. Absolutely delighted at all. So, yeah, same again next year. <laughs> Not too much will change. Ah, but now you now you get the chance to actually get your dice out and do some now gaming. We can, now we can try and earn some points. And now, you've got yeah. to do well because you're in my AOS fantasy dream. <laughs> Play a couple of turns. <laughs> turn on, yeah. That's it. Deep can you say? Well, that's one final point that I'd like to make as well. The Team Scotland. What a showing. First, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Indeed. Old boys Indeed. club, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's, no, there's no denying it. And then you've got the riffraff making up ninth and 17th, but we'll whip them into shape. But uh, no, the team's uh-huh. looking good. Looking strong, strong finishes. Yeah, it's going to be a great, it'll be a great tournament. And looking at even at the English team, it's it's, it's been freshened up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get into Cardiff. It's going to be awesome. I think I've the... never been to Wales. No, neither have I. Neither have I actually. Yeah. Um, Northern Ireland announced their team, and it's it's very much the same names and uh, that we've seen yeah. before um, for the first two years, certainly. Uh, so we're waiting on the Swedes, and we're waiting on uh, well, Wales. We're waiting on, of course. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Less said about that, the better. Uh, and yeah, the the public, but we know they'll be the the majority that we know and love. Um, and I think what we need to do now is lead on. Donal as 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 to to make sure England turn up in a kit. But, but, but yeah, I think they need that to very clear to them. They get that in the pack because <laughs> they won't <laughs> they do it otherwise. <laughs> At least yeah. bring dice for God's sake. <laughs> I know. So anyway, I think everybody in the team's making it to a big event as well beforehand, aren't they? Like either Bobo yeah. or one of the heats. So yeah, we're going to be much more prepared this year. No new addition. Sneaking up on us. That's it. Get the reps in. Good stuff. Well, that's probably us, is it? Unless there's anything else. Well, I think so. The final oh, no, point was, what do, you guys, what do you guys think of your lists post-event? What you? Oh, mine's crap. <laughs> I'm going to bin it. I'm going to sell yeah. that idol on. Pro-painted. 200 quid. <laughs> I need more spite revenant. Yeah. We've not got enough of them. <laughs> 60 spites. <laughs> 60 spites coming at you. Six <laughs> nations. <laughs> oh, no, that's... People like, what? What? Yeah, what? definitely. What does he know? What does he know? I'm going to try some new stuff with Deepkin. Looking at the events I've got cleaned up, I'm going to have a new list for Hammer. It's a thousand points for this Twin Realms. And then I'm going to have a new list for um, the Heat 2 as well. So I'll try loads of different stuff out, stick with the same army all year the same faction anyway good stuff good stuff no i'm gonna stick with sylvaneth but i never wanted to play dreadwood i just thought it'd be an easy an easy uh introduction yeah so so i've I've got a great choice yeah i think so i've got used to what they do and where they're strong and um yeah i'm looking forward to I'm, i'm luckily gonna get to go to hammer now which is next week um and to follow the old world as well so that's and to twin realms so that's another three um in the next what eight weeks or something yeah what have you yeah. got plans scott for hammer uh, you, hammer yeah talking about it yet <laughs> yeah, if you on. say it you need to do it it needs to happen Commit. that's it yeah, yeah, so we've we, got we a practice game Commit. We yes. haven't played on. Uh, played on a good Wednesday three night. turns. <laughs> we played a good three. Did we get him get three done? <laughs> Four hours it took. <laughs> so I had the Nurgle back on the table um, with a thrice fold list. So 
it was basically Terry Pike's master's list because you know it's pre-written. Let's 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 try it out. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's very interesting. I've 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 got the list basically prepared, other than the third great and clean one, which just needs a little bit of work. Um, and I might try and get ten plague bearers for the summoning pool at the very least. Yeah, try and get um, ten more. Yeah, because oh, I maxed out at sixty just now, painted. But so list two thirty plague bearers, five blight kings, Rotagus, great and clean one, great and clean one, and spell portal for the kind of fun with plague wind. I'm taught by two or three plague bearers um, if they're t- close together, at least in the first turns. One of the great and clean ones has got a cloak, thermal rider cloak. He's a more so combat good. one with a with a sword and the flail and and. Pestilent breath weapon kind of thing that that works in the, in the shooting phase against good against hordes. So it's it's nice. It's it's interesting. It's 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 got a lot, you know it's got six spells in it. It's um it's uh, it's fun actually. <laughs> and Nathan was so, kind of te- teaching me ways some new filthy ways to use it. So. so so let's get this right. You're taking the the nap the the triple big yes. fat Trip- guy and one of like flying nasty, 20 inches masters list and i'm yeah. and i'm taking spite <laughs> revenants what's going on here <laughs> i think i've got my uh i'm pitching cool at the wrong the level did. yeah so we're going to hammer hammer with the uh so that's hammer. with the game okay hammer with hammer with an urgle um because it's ready and for the old world is next well we've got two months haven't we so um, I'm not sure what month and a half, I suppose it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm not sure what's taking that. The hammer, yeah, yeah. Um, but something new is the plan. Um, whether it's something Six Nations esque, I'm, I'm keen to get some daughters on the go, but I'm unlikely to be probably playing them at Six Nations. We'll, we'll see. Um, so yeah, something new. Nurgle is wasn't the plan, but. It's the realistic plan, and with a week to go, I'm only going to get one model done. Let's be honest, or I can get ten plate bears done in a week, no problem. Yes, you can. You've said it. <laughs> You've said it now. Yeah. This will be out before Hammer. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a week to do thirty dryads and six hunters. So if I can do that, I'm sure you can <laughs> well, do ten plague bearers. My third, my third great and clean one. I, I, I bought a, a cheap rotogus that somebody was selling on Facebook. So having already painted my rotogus. I need to just convert them into a a, a non rotogus so it's it's not that difficult. It'll bit needs a, needs a day of work. Pour battery acid over it. It'll still look <laughs> nurgleish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some nurgles raw and a bit of dry brush done. Yeah, right. So there we go. Well, thank you very much, folks, and uh, and it will we'll now chat with with the um the winner of Tempest. So it's been quite a chunky episode, but there you go. It'll keep people going, and we'll be back after Hammer of the North with. A bit of a a bit of chat about that and uh, a look forward and we're gonna we're gonna look at the combat phase I think in that one uh, the master's giving gonna give us a master class aren't you? Um, I don't know. I'll have a think about it and see if it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna encourage people to beat me <laughs> or maybe hold on to. It. I'll teach them after I play them. How's that? Ah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. So, well, uh, I've just tuned in live to CanCon, so we'll give a shout out to that. Yeah, twenty players. Jesus, awesome. yeah. that's amazing. Well, well what's in, Bobo in, now? Bobo's got to be about well, that. That has got to be close. Well, but they were capped at two hundred, but I think they were selling more tickets, weren't they? So, 
But they're not yeah. playing a 40 degree heat wave, are they? So, oh, yeah. God. No. <laughs> I hope there's aircon there, Jesus. <laughs> Did you see Rob's got his sleeves up and stuff? Sorry, man, Twitter is turned up. And I'll be surprised if he doesn't shave as well. Just be careful with Twitter. I saw someone retweeting results from the games, Stu. So maybe turn your Twitter off. Oh, man. Oh, I'm not... yeah. No, yeah. We won't talk about that. I was watching. <laughs> we are You've bad here. You shouldn't. You should be ignorant like me, <laughs> right? I'm gonna go and I've, I've finished my wine. I've drunk a bottle of wine and I'm well into my second really? whiskey now. Why so are you just in there two hours then? Have you seen what's on the on CanCon game one? Yes, no? Deepkin with four sharks. Is it on Twitch? Is it four sharks? Shark? Yeah, four sharks. Is it on Honest War Gamer? It's on Twitch. Yeah, Honest War Gamer. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, I might bang it on. Oh well. Right. Well, thank you very much, chaps, and um, thank you very much to our listeners. Um, yeah, shout out there to Fall of the Old World. There's still some tickets available, and to Hammer of the North. Um, so come join us. Um, I was going to talk about Northern Invasion, but tickets don't go on general sale until 1st of February. We've not actually got that many left for general sale. I think we're down to 20 out of the 50. Um, and I've got about five more people who've told me that they want them before they go on general sales. So um, we might get a dozen new people if we're lucky. But um, there you go. <laughs> old boys so, club. Yeah, old boys club. <laughs> no, we, we're keeping our... Uh, our. Uh, if you come along, you'll always have an early opportunity to buy a ticket. Um, so so keep an eye out. And, and if you want one, um, 1st of February is the day to snap one up. Um, we've just had the... The um, previous thing, the winner from last year, has just bought his ticket. So Steve's coming back. He's gonna uh, he's gonna smash us all oh, up. That's good. Take take uh, the trophy. Good. So, so you better up your games. Right. On round one. It's gonna be scheming, isn't it? No grudges. Just <laughs> don't exist. It. <laughs> but strength of schedule. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, we'll have a chat after this, and you can pick Liam's outro music because it, oh, it, yes. we can't have it all his own way. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say goodbye. Well, it's the morning after the night before, and um, I stayed up after this recording quite late because uh, there was football to watch. Uh, it was a good result. Everybody will be happy to know. Well, from my side anyway. But I've got a bit of a sore head, and I'm feeling a bit tender. Um, it's just absolute lies that we're going to go straight into Liam. We're uh, we're gonna do him his own thing. I've looked at how long this recording is, and we're we're knocking on the uh, three hour door. So nobody wants three hours of us in your ears. So um, look out for the next episode, which will be out in the next day or two. Um, hope that you pulled something of sense out of that one. I'm I'm leaving it. I'm not editing it. So you get what you get. Thanks again for your support, and uh, we'll speak to you soon.